0: na my heart i que can fly in the sky.
2: Back everybody to Wrestling Omakase, episode number sixty-eight, and I'm here with the two most prolific guests in Omakase history for the first time on the same episode. Jesse and Taylor. It's finally happening. It's Omakase history.
1: Hello. <laughs> What's up? I'm a little disappointed you didn't wait till the next episode, then it would have been nice.
2: No, that is true. It would have been the 69th episode. Well, actually, you know what? The, the 69th episode is kind of a meme episode anyway, which I did not do on purpose, which I'll we'll talk about that at the end. But there, I think it works for 69. But, Jesse, how are you doing? I'm
1: doing pretty good. Uh, thank God Peter Pan was a good show. It would yeah, have Peter been Trump. really. Thank God the right person won the main event, or otherwise <laughs> this podcast would not have gone to. Well.
2: Didn't you say he was going to be like, two hours of you complaining or crying or I'd something. Say I'd say
1: fuck if like for two hours straight. Okay.
2: I couldn't remember what exactly the threat was. I remember it was like it was going to be something disruptive. So that's good.
1: You would have had to edit this podcast like DDT had to edit the vod. <laughs> it's still not up yet, right? Uh, I know it's up on Amoeba TV, but I don't know if it's up on Universe yet. Yeah,
2: I, I still had people complaining to me earlier and I've been you know... I don't know if I should get myself in trouble. let not say what I've been doing, but I mean, people in DDT listen to this, I guess. But or Mr. Haku, at least, hello, Mr. Haku. But yes, so um, I'll, I mean, I'll check. Right, right, now right I'm then. going to check right now to oh, see okay. if it's
1: up. I'll I watched it live, so it wasn't a problem I, for me. I,
2: yeah, I watched it on Samurai, so I didn't have a problem either.
3: Um, but yeah, hey, hey, Taylor,
2: hi. you had a problem. <laughs> I had a problem.
3: <laughs> I spent all of Sunday in a panic. <laughs> I remember. Because <laughs> I actually convinced friends to come over and watch it. And then, of course, it wasn't up. And I figured, of course, the one show I've gotten people to come over is the show that they're going to appear. And I'm going to say, we don't have anything to watch. By the way, the answer is no.
2: It does not appear to be yeah. up. Of- <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> We're here on Wednesday recording. this Wednesday night. But they they really needed a lot of time to edit something out, I guess. And we'll talk about what. But. Um but yeah, but you did eventually watch the show, Taylor, otherwise I guess you wouldn't be here.
3: I did watch the show. Yeah, I watched it on Sunday. Um uh, yeah. through non universe means. Yes, non
2: universe
1: means. It, a, we would never support doing that. Yeah. Never. I mean
2: we all have I think we all have universe subs, but whatever. It's cool. Um Taylor, I, I mean I just love the the Samurai broadcast is just, you know, there's nothing there's nothing blocked. So what am I gonna do? I want to watch it on there. Same thing with like all Japan. I subscribe to their thing, but I just want to hear the theme music, so <laughs> I end up watching their shows on Samurai, Gara. Um, but yeah, so this was a it was a cool show. I think we're I think I'm, I'm sure all three of us liked it. I just don't know to what degree. I guess unless Taylor like you, unless you fucking hate it, I guess you let us know if you did. But, no, I liked it. I, I would be pretty surprised. i was gonna say. Uh, I assume this review is. Far more positive than the one that's going to be on the uh, Voice of Wrestling flagship tomorrow, <laughs> based on what I already know. But that's what we're here for, folks. We're like, in... there's
1: no pan to hate allowed on this podcast. No,
2: absolutely not. And we're a we're an intellectual counterweight to <laughs> the Voice of Wrestling flagship. But you know, it's, I'm sure there's stuff they like too. I guess we'll hear all about it. Uh, you can listen to both and see whose opinions matches your own more closely. But uh, Peter Pan—that's why we're here. DDT's either first or second biggest show of the year, depending on who you ask. I didn't even—did you guys know that Judgment was in Cork and Hall like as
1: recently as like two years ago? I did not realize it was they that recent. In the whatever place—I forgot what it was—as part of like the 20th anniversary. Yeah. And then this year they brought it to Sumo Hall, and next year is going to be in Sumo Hall. But they're running two shows. They're doing like the Muscle Show. Yeah. And then they're doing judgment, which I cannot wait for the muscle show. Actually, but
2: it's going to be something. Um But yeah, so people, don't, do you want to explain what muscle is, real quick, for people? Since I'm sure people listening probably have no clue.
1: I don't really have a clue. I assume it's like just a play off of the hustle brand, and it's just super sasadango machines. Well, yeah. not technically not super sasadango machine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because I I I saw the
2: I don't know think I saw the entire show, but I saw his retirement ceremony, and yeah, I guess it was like it was a weird like I don't know if you could even call it a parody because you can't really parody Hustle. I mean, it's Hustle is what it is anyway. It's just kind of like a like a weird reference to Hustle almost. But, but yeah, so expect some weirdness, folks. Basically, for the
1: Muscle the Muscle Show,
2: like it'll probably be two shows worth.
1: If you don't like pandas, don't watch that show. I'll, I'll put it that way. <laughs>
2: I think in a way it might work out for people where like the muscle show will probably be comedy and the the DT show will probably end up being a little more serious than your typical major DT show. So maybe if you like the wrestling in DDT, but you're not, you know, these one of those people that don't like the comedy in D.T., which I know is a trope, but those people those people do exist, that might that split might not end up working out for you. Um but yes, yeah, so in the meantime, though, we're to talk about Peter Pan, which is a cool show at Ryugoku. Usually takes place in the summer, but because of the renovations of Sumo Hall, the same ones that knocked New Japan out and moved Ryugoku, Goku Tan for Big Japan to, uh, what is it, like, a, it's a November 10th, I think, or something? I know this it's is, coming uh, up. The 11th? See, I was very close. It's coming up. Yeah. Um, so they moved your Goku Tan out of the summer, too. So, like, yeah, all those them the same thing, basically. Moved Peter Pan back to October. Uh, the show took place this past Sunday, October 21st. A super no-vacancy full house, which for DDT with their setup is about, you know, 6,259 fans. Um, not surprising the show sold out. I was, it was doing really well. I remember that weeks ago. Um, some people who don't really, like, I guess, follow DDT closely or know you know, what the setup is. we like basically surprised that number was a sellout. But if you just look at the screen, I mean, there's a giant
1: stage there that's not there. Yeah, I was going to say they have a <laughs> much bigger stage setup than I think the New Japan does. Well, New Japan doesn't have a stage at all. Yeah. Yeah. They put up a big curtain and they have a big full out stage and stuff. Yeah. I mean, New Japan sells there.
2: I think a sellout in the New Japan setup is like, well, like 10.5 or something. And that's, like, with no stage, just for people coming through the the little entryways. So, obviously, you you take a lot of seats out. And then I think the sumo boxes are two per box for DDT. Mm -hmm. Which is the other reason why. With New Japan, it's four per box. So, for the big shows, anyway. Some shows, like G1, the first two nights are two per box, and the last night is four per box. So, that explains the discrepancy. It is a legitimate sellout, folks. It's just two per box and... The giant stage setup. That's really what what's causing less people. But um but yeah, this show opened up with the time difference battle royal. Yoga Hiroshima, uh last eliminating gorgeous Matsuno in thirteen twenty six, where they reverse cradle. Um a lot of the guys in this match are gonna be on the upcoming All Doin show, which is like a, a big like indie um I don't know what to call it, like an Indie Summit, I guess you could say, right? Like yeah. Um that show's taking place November 9th at Shinkiba. She's like Tiger Match 5 is on that show. Uh sorry, Tiger Match 5 self-proclaimed, I should say. <laughs> Monster Halloween is on that show. Tons of other people. Um but yeah, so this was uh, you know, this started out with uh Shimatani against Imanari, who's like um he's basically the video guy for DDT and also wrestles in um, wrestles in, Gamp- in Gambare. What do you guys think of Imanari? I feel like he's suddenly popular for some reason.
1: He's kind of always been popular, because he's yeah. the video guy for DDT. Like Anytime you watch like a YouTube video, he's the guy that's recording it. And if right. you've seen the hand cam videos that DDT puts out, he's the guy that's recording all that. So he's pretty well known to the... More hardcore DDT fans. Yeah. And, and then he-, he does like wacky stuff too on the side. And he's Kinoka's best friend. So kind of all goes together. I'm not really surprised. he's very popular. Yeah. And there was that I mean... video show
3: earlier. That was just the video guys. One, I don't remember when that was. But they had a whole show that was just the DDT videographers.
2: <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. But I just mean like it feels like he's... At a high of popularity, I guess is the better
1: Well, Oka kind of disappeared from Ganbari for a little bit. Yeah. And Imanori became the figurehead. Right. For anyone um, that actually bothers to follow <laughs> Ganbari, it uh-huh. can be a little difficult. Uh, that's mean, not one I... of the things that even Mr. Haku gets into. I don't blame him either. Yeah, Mr. Haku doesn't really give you a lot of support
2: on Gambari, which like you said, can't really you can understand. I mean, I'm gonna have to start watching it now, I guess, because you know, I would I would occasionally turn on a show, but now like you know, Ishii is one of my favorite dudes and he's gonna be in Gambari a lot now, apparently.
1: Yeah, Kenoka so, got
2: like in shape too. It's really yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're trying to like have good matches now or something. It's very strange. But I guess I'm gonna check it out more. There is is
1: a Hideki-Suzuki versus Iwasaki match that happened recently.
2: Oh, yeah. I'm sure that was really good. Um, But, yeah, so here we had Shibatani and Minari starting out. Um, Shota, like, ran out, and that's apparently one of uh, Imanari's allies. He also
1: works as a crew member for DDT.
2: Yeah. So Shibatani fought them both off, and then Tiger Mask 5, self-proclaimed, came in. Which, if you don't know who that is, it's basically a big fat guy doing, like all the tag match issues <laughs> spots. And it's pretty fucking funny, actually. So I don't know. I, I enjoy tag match five. Um, Michael Wolf came in. I, I don't even know who the fuck that
3: is. Like so, some... he's a student of um, Michael Elgin's, I think. Oh, goody!
1: Yeah, I had saw on Twitter that he teamed with the other guy that had came in i can't remember his name at the moment and he was in the camp match he was mm-hmm. really good in that and he got pretty popular with the DDD fans actually out of all the people that kind of hooked up with Irie in renegades i can't remember his name he had the beard uh, Dave- davidson yes the they teamed together and i think they're from like texas or something they're like in a promotion over there so okay. he, they're from the same promotion um,
2: but I, the, the main thing I noted was he had these giant mutton chops that looked funny. So um, then Gundon Hitori came in, but he didn't actually do anything. He just like hung around outside the ring <laughs> doing nothing. And then Monster Halloween came in, who I yeah, think is like... <laughs> the most popular of the of the uh, what's it called guys? You know the the indie
3: guys. What
0: They're so indie,
1: we don't even know who they are. <laughs>
3: Monster yeah, Monster Halloween has no cage match profile. I'm not surprised actually. Um to go to Hashi came in, Tiger Mask was the first elimination,
2: um, Hoshi Tango came in, he like chokes Pink Gundam Gundan like immediately and Michael Wolf then walks up to him and, and yells in English, Let's Subo <laughs> Which didn't seem like the best plan and didn't go very well for him and Hoshitongo like eliminated him like immediately. And then Gorgeous Matsuno came in. Um, his elimination on Monster Halloween was really funny. I was inter- I was entertained by him like pulling down the ropes and to the top rope and eliminating him. Um, and they all got about with like, a mask pin. Matsuno eliminated Shota and Imanari with a double handspring. <laughs> it was just funny, just to type. And- or just to read, I mean. And then Shimotania uh, dropped kick Goda off the top rope, and that just left him and Matsuno... And Machio tried to do like the gorgeous superstar flying arm bar, I that guess. That was so funny. <laughs> and he like, it just totally failed. And Shibatani like immediately rolled him up to win. So there you go. Shibatani went co- coast to coast like Shawn Michaels, baby. All right. But what did you guys, did you guys enjoy this? I, I, it was fun for what it was, I thought.
1: It was a nice way to get the Alduin people on the show. But I had to tell you, I was sweating bullets. Nobu won. And I'm like, if this little shit wins, what does that mean for the main event? <laughs> oh.
3: um, I liked it. It was funny. Like I said, I was watching with friends. Um, it's funny explaining people as they come out to friends when you're just like, oh, here's a guy. He has a pumpkin head on and he has a chainsaw. And that's the whole thing. <laughs> And, like, who's this guy? Oh, he's does the video for DDT. And who, you know, who's this guy? Oh, he's, you know, an an old wrestler. Like, <laughs> it's hard to explain these guys in, like, a 15-second, oh, here's who he is. Yeah. But uh, I, I liked it. it. I enjoyed it.
2: Yeah. Uh, after that, we had the second dark match, which was the Mina Shirakawa first participation war. Uh, Yuki Sakazaki, Mizuki and Shoko Nakajima defeated Miyu Yamashita, Yuki Kamifuku, and Mina Shirakawa when Sakazaki pinned Kamifuku with the magical girl splash in nine oh eight. Um yeah, this was this is basically in my notes here just say a little disjointed at times, but still fun. Um, you know, I, I mean Yuki Yuki is not the greatest in-ring wrestler. Um, you know, she can she has that Saki Akai disease sometimes which she looks like you know, like, but she's not like awful or anything. Um, and I really liked the action early on, ending in like the triple dive from the magical kaiju Sugar Rabbit, which is a great name. Um, Mina, I thought, you know, again, looked a little rough in spots, but seemed like she was always trying hard. And you know, maybe hopefully that'll go a long way. they having her improve. Obviously, I see. I understand what they see in her, is all I'm going to say. Um, as, far as assets, and, you know, Miyu was awesome, as she always is. I mean, Miu is... Miyu might be my wrestler of the year, the more I think about it lately. I actually just, like, that maybe sounds insane, and I guess is a little insane, but, like, she's the best ace in wrestling. Her company grew in fan interest, like, with her on top. And I don't know, there's, like, no... There's, only obvious pick to me this year is LA Park. Like, there's really no one in New Japan or WWE or anybody. So I, I don't mind voting for Miu if that's Um, and Mitsuki and Miyu, they just ha- they have really really good chemistry for whatever reason. I've noticed there's a lot when they fu- when they fight each other. So yeah, this was good. I I enjoyed it. Good opener or good like second match. I guess I should say.
3: Yeah, I felt the same. Um... I thought Mina was fine. She had some move. I don't even remember what it was now. It might have been a suplex or something like that where it was really low. Like she hit it. But I was like, ooh, that could have gone very poorly. Um, But yeah, I thought, I mean, it's a second like dark match. So, you know, it was fine.
1: Yeah, I thought it was okay. Asset seems to be a common theme of the show. Uh, I guess we'll see more of Mina and see what she does in Tokyo Joshi. I'm kind of more interested in that. I think it's kind of hard to judge her off of a dark match at Peter Pan and it was her first match. So, you know, just kind of avoid way to get these girls on the show. That's usually what they do.
2: Yeah. Um. Then the real the real show opener was the KOD 6 Fantastic team Final match. Uh, Damnation, Soma Takao, Tetsuya Endo. Defeated Toriyoshi, Kazuki Hirata, and Yuki Ueno from uh, Disaster Box when Endo pinned Hirata with the Shooting Star Press, it was the first defense for Damnation. First of all, Taylor and I should both accept our lashes here, which Jesse rightfully called us out for in the voice wrestling preview. We both forgot about the Soma undefeated streak, the decade of destruction. So I Keep will unroll accept- I will accept full responsibility for. It said so much to cow's not going to lose his 10-0 and streak. Uh-uh. You know, in <laughs> a six-man tight title opener. But, uh, yeah, I just totally forgot about that. But, yeah, so this was – I thought this was pretty awesome uh, for an 11-minute match especially. You know, the <laughs> – there was the, – like, there was a re- – I, I love that Hirata and Owashi are still together. Like, there was a, a point where, you know, like, Sandstorm started and then, like, Tokyo Go cut it off. And you know, Hawashi was like very startled. And Hirata coming out and just like pointing at him, like that almost had me crying in laughter before they even did anything really. It's just the look on Hirata and at Awashi's face. They have such like amazing comedic chemistry. Um but yeah, there was like uh, you know, like the only the only obviously Ueno fell off the top rope on his springboard, which is unfortunate because that was right in the middle of a really great stretch run too. But other than that, I mean, like... Oh, yeah, that was the part Soma of
1: covered it up really nicely.
2: Yeah, Soma did a great job. Soma has been awesome since he joined Damnation. Like, he was a guy who I, I sort of liked before that, but, like, he's just been so much better since he joined. I don't know that charisma rubbing off on him or what, but... um, But, yeah, and then at the end, you know, the here at the Endo thing, which has been such a cool since... Like... Like, Hirota was doing all these awesome creative counters on Endo and even got to kick out of the torture back. Endo finally put him away with the shooting star. So, yeah, this was really good. And I love Hirata as, like, you know, underdog babyface, and I hope they keep running with him as, like, a serious wrestler.
1: Yeah, I'm a little disappointed he's not in the tournament. I thought yeah, he would too. be in there. Yeah, me too. But I didn't think this was as good as the Judgment Six Man. I'll say that much. No, I agree. But it was still a really fun match. I like I didn't think Damnation were going to lose the belts, so, and I think that's kind of a good place for those guys right now, and we're going to get into why a little bit later. And yeah, I I kind of wonder what they're going to do with Disaster Box though, because you, I understand why you would think they would win this match, but at the same time, now that they haven't, it's like, what do you do with these guys?
3: Yeah, it
2: is an interesting
1: yeah. question.
3: Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, the Harada storyline, I mean, obviously the crowd was into it, and I thought it was great. I, th- you know, I thought it was a super fun match. I thought Endo looked really good. Um, he hit at one point, I think, like a Rainmaker Spanish Fly, standing Spanish Fly, or something like that, that really looked crazy. Um, but I liked it. I feel the same way about Disaster Box. Interest, I'm interested to see where they go, because I think they do have room for growth. But the question is growing where? Yeah, I guess. I guess it's a question because here obviously has, you know, becoming more serious. Ueno is kind of coming into his own now that he's sort of the youngest member of this group, as opposed to hanging out with all the people kind of of similar station to him yeah so i feel like there's a lot they can do with them but i don't know what they will do with them so interested to see what happens there
2: yeah it's a good point i mean endo is a guy uh, we were talking about before like i think if, you know, people are going to peg Takashita to be a big breakout guy for Mania Weekend, and I think he probably will be, but Endo is a guy, like, if he gets enough, if he gets a big enough spot in the DET show and the Super Show, you know, never mind if he gets anything else, like, that is a guy going to fucking blow people's minds at Mania Weekend with the stuff he can do. And, you know, it, as much as American indie fans love their flips, and they love their, you know, big flashy moves, so,
3: yeah, I mean, he's well, a guy, that, he's yeah. going to turn
2: a lot of heads, I think.
3: And he's got a kind of – his his look, too, I think, people who see him for the first time, it's sort of a – this is a weird way to put this. It's a familiar look with, like, a twist where I think he's obviously very muscular that he could fit somewhere if you turned on, you know, TV in the U.S., if you looked at NXT – Obviously, I don't know if they're even looking at DDT at all, but I think you could see someone like him on there, even though his personality is not really that kind of fit. But so I think people see him and they're drawn because they're like, "Oh, this guy, he looks cool." But it's sort of something they're familiar with, if that makes any sense.
2: Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. He's a very, he's a very like, he has a very high end like, you know, major league look. Yeah, I think. I don't know Jesse, what do you think? Do you think Endo's gonna have a great weekend,
1: Mania weekend? I mean, he'll probably get really drunk, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um
2: but yeah, so this was a really cool opener. Um and the damnation nation did retain the the six fan tag titles. Uh match number two, the gauntlet tag match. Masahiro Takenachi ended up winning it. Uh it started out with Mike Bailey and Antonio Honda eliminating Mizuki Watase and Jason Kincaid when Bailey pinned Watase with the ultimate weapon. This was, it was during this match when, you know, and thanks as always to DT English update for these translations. One of the announcers said something like, uh, about Jason Kincaid basically said every single move Jason Kincaid has, has a name. So after a while he just gave up, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. Um, yeah, it's so a King K has original names for every single movie has, so I stopped looking them up after a while. That was fun. Um, King K, by the way, made that we we need to mention this. He made an amazing guest appearance as the River God who <laughs> presented Mao with many gifts in Hokkaido, which was like just the fucking image of him in this cash for the friendly ghost, like almost like like a fucking mumu or something, and his cape. With Bailey and uh and Mao saying they're holding these like stupid looking hammers. Like that is one of the funniest images I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, I really so. hope he sticks around in DDT after <laughs> the Eerie stuff. I think he's you're outnumbered. shown himself well. The easy to give King K is great.
3: Are you saying I'm outnumbered? Yes, you're outnumbered. Two to well. Well I've uh I've turned a little bit. I okay. I think he's bet. <laughs> I think he is I think he is better. I'm still not like please get him on all the cards as soon as possible. I mean,
1: I think if he sticks around with Mao and Speedball doing weird shit like that, it would be a lot better than what he was doing before. Yeah, so I think
3: it's a better fit. I mean, I was also slightly biased after seeing him for a year in Evolve where he was a weird serious monk character.
2: Yeah, that, that was sound pretty bad. Very
3: boring. So this is clearly a better fit for him. So I am turning the corner. He's not my favorite wrestler, obviously, but uh, you know I'm open to seeing him on on more stuff. I'd be interesting. I'd be interested to see him outside of Renegades because I think that that kind of died in a way that he kind of got stuck to this anchor of this group that made no sense.
2: Yeah, I I I really liked. I don't know it's weird like rolling and tumbling offense. I feel like it works better in DT than it would work almost anywhere. I don't know. Like just there's something about it in the last quirk and it really hit me too. It's like this is the promotion where your offense can be based around like kissing. It can be based around like, you know, all sorts of fucking shit. So I don't, just him being this skinny gymnast,
3: it weirdly works. I don't know if it would work in Evolve or something, you know? But well, and he is very yeah. like Bailey in that Bailey came in and I think he was not as good as he is today. And he kind of had a similar, he's undersized. He kind of has wacky offense. You know, he wears, you know, the gear is not top notch. Um, <laughs> sorry to Mike Bailey. Um, <laughs> Big-time listener, Mike Bailey. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) You don't know that. Maybe he does listen. Um, But, I mean, Mike Bailey, to me, and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before when we've talked about DDT, I mean, I would consider Mike Bailey for a most improved kind of category this year because I think he's gotten a lot better in DDT, and I could see that happening with Jason Kincaid if he sticks around.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think Mike Mike has been kind
1: of one of the MVPs of DDT
2: this year. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, but yeah, so the first segment there, Bailey and Honda eliminated Watase and Kincaid. Then we had Musaku Toba and Keisuke Okuda eliminating Bailey and Honda when Okuda submitted Honda with the cross arm breaker. Red um, member. <laughs> red member. That's true. Um, Okuda like turned turned the fox on Honda's own partner, which was kind of cool, but um. He went, went for a sleep of a Honda cut count with a double gun. But it didn't actually work. Uh, Okuda quickly got him in the armbar. Uh, the fourth team was booing uh, <laughs> Tomomitsu Matsunaga and Michael Nakazawa. And they eliminated Toba and Okuda when Nakazawa pinned Toba with a leg roll cl- clutch in 221. Um, Michael pinned him with like, a panty-assisted cradle, <laughs> which was very disturbing. And then the fifth team was Kuda, uh, Kudo and they They beat Matsunaga and Nakazawa when Kudo pinned Nakazawa with the diving double knee drop, only 157. And the final, which was actually like, you know, this, this was like a, as good as six minute matches as you're probably going to see. Kudo and Masa beat uh, Kasasada Higuchi and Kota Umeda when Masa pinned Umeida with the Takatonic. Six oh six. I would go three and three quarters just on this segment. Awesome. I maybe it's just me, but like, I I really love these little six minute thing. Um, just like super hard hitting, and just a really really great tag sprint there. Uh, I'd like to see Higuchi, I we, the, rest yeah. the, gauntlet, the rest of the
1: rest of the rest of the gauntlet was fine, but this was awesome. Yeah, I'd like to see Higuchi and Numata become a regular tag team. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that would be that would be great. These Gauntlet's are always hard for me to rate on the traditional scale just cuz I feel like they're so weird and there're multiple matches and I I really liked it. I thought it was really good. Um, but I always find it weird just because there's kind of the ups and downs of oh, the next team is coming out and maybe the next team is, you know, 2 minutes or whatever, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I saw a lot of people when I was going
2: back through timelines and watching people, you know, who who don't normally watch D A T watch this show. Like I saw a lot of complaints about this and how long it was, but like, I don't know. I think it's a fucking tag gauntlet. Like, what do you what do you what do you really like? Were you expecting the, like I just read those times they were like two minutes, two minutes, three minutes. It's like you expecting thirty second falls. Like I don't really understand, but I don't know. I like the tag gauntlet.
3: I thought it was well paced. Actually, I was going to say it was yeah. well paced. So I guess I'm on the other end of the spectrum. Cause I thought, you know, the first match was decent length and then they got shorter and shorter. And then the last one was a pretty good length. And you know, I thought they were really f- kind of flew by.
2: I don't know. I guess if you're not used to DT at all, maybe like who else does tag gauntlets? <laughs> I
1: really think like, people uh... may be expecting more of a work crate kind of thing. Oh yeah. That's true. Instead of what these tag gauntlets usually are.
2: Yeah. It's usually like, you, I mean, you got your work rate segment at the end and it's usually It's usually how these go. It's like comedy, 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 and then like an actual serious one at the end. I don't see what the problem is, but (laughs) but anyway, so match number three, Super Joshi Pro Wars 2018, Mako Satomura and Cassandra Miyagi defeated Saki Akai and Maki Ito when Satomura submitted Ito with an STF in 1107. Um, Someone else can start on this one. I've talked a lot, I feel like. What would you think of this, Taylor? I know you're the big Joshi fan on the of the podcast
3: I liked it, but it did feel uh, it felt sort of it was uh, it was a tag match, but it felt like it was Mako and Ito. yeah, for sure, really you know it was kind of like clear out, and this is the important part. I mean, I think Cassandra Miyagi's really good. they had that great um six person tag match on one of the Majimanji shows that was like really good with her and dash. And Mako that was great um, but I, they and I think appropriately kind of faded into the background on this one and I love the exchanges between um, with Mako and, and Maki Ito. So I enjoyed it. you know it wasn't didn't light my world on fire but you know I obviously I love Mako. she's great. Um, it was great seeing her after seeing her in the May young classic setting where she's a little bit dialed back on kind of the um, badassery aspect of her that I really love. So it was good to see this match and see her, you know, really take it to Ido.
2: Because, like, WWE has a weird habit of making, like, any badass babyface, face. You know, I mean, they did the same thing with Shinsuke. It's like they have to just come and smile all the
3: time. They have to smile and wave. Well, and there's a weird thing in the in the May young classic, and it happened in the in the first go round as well that they have a very strange thing, and I don't know if it comes from I don't know if it's some combination of backstage and the wrestlers, or if it's just the wrestlers, but almost every wrestler, you know, they have these interviews and they say, "Oh, when I'm out of the ring, I'm very nice, I'm a very <laughs> nice person," and then I get in the ring. And I change. So, of course, every wrestler comes to the ring, they're smiling, they're happy. um, And then they, you know, can wrestle. But that's one of those things that kind of, I don't know, it always rubbed me. It's always rubbed me the wrong way as something where it's like, well, you know, women have to be nice outside the ring. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I mean, not that women are.
2: I mean, Joshi probably has all that, too, to be fair. But, like, I feel like there's still more of a range, you know.
3: Um, but when when Mako comes out like on this show, you're like, oh, she, she means fuck, serious business. <laughs> yeah, upon, yeah, you know, as on the Mayon Classic, they're like, ah, oh, she's so great. Look, she's so happy to be here to prove uh, what a great wrestler she is, and you're like, okay, but, you know, it's not terrible, but that aspect of her just running over people. You know, dropping knees, strikes, stuff like that. That's why I really like her, so I liked seeing that back in this match.
2: Yeah. Uh, what do you think of this match, Jesse? Did you enjoy it?
1: I thought it was pretty good. I think it's a pretty clear setup to the Mako and Ito match that I think they're going to have on January 4th. Yeah. I think that's really the setup. Like, I think Tokyo Joshi views Ito as somebody that doesn't need the title, and so they can put her in all these special matches. Uh I think sort of when she really started to get popular was last year during the January 4th show when she had that match against Dino. It yeah. gained a lot of traction on Twitter, and I think that really helped get people into that promotion. And so I think they're going to do something again this year with her in Mako. I would like to see Dash instead of Cassandra. I don't dislike Cassandra or anything, but going back to like, the match, I thought Dash was the one that presented herself the best in DDT.
0: Mm.
1: But that's just... I mean, Dash was awesome. Know. But, uh, she was so good in that match.
2: Yeah. I mean I just, I just saw her on Seedling and she was fucking awesome. So
1: um
2: but yeah, so because oh, what was it seedling or was it I think it was Seedling. Yeah, so Cassandra, she basically at, th- at one point she kept trying to get like Saki to like headbang with her, which she wouldn't do at the start, but like make or um Maki Ito on the apron was doing it. <laughs> And then their other big interaction was, of course, Maki Ito has the kawaii call. So Cassandra did, <laughs> yeah, the, that was funny. She did the kawaii call. So and you don't know what that means. It's scary instead of cute. I thought it was really funny. And the crowd did yell back Cassandra, so that was cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, Miyu me, me, on commentary was fun too. Like she, you know, obviously I can't understand her that well, but like she just seemed en- impressed any time Maki was able to do literally anything to Mako, which, which was, I thought was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, this was really fun. And right after this, here's where they announced uh, Chigusa Nagaya for the February 17th Sumo Hall show. So there you go. It's a honest-to-God Joshi legend. And then match number four, All Out versus Strong Hearts, special six-man tag team match. T-Hawk, Ellen Man, and Doin I still don't know how to fuck the pronounces Does anyone know how to pronounce the other... The Chinese guy, the Chinese member's name. I mean, um, would it be Duan Yingen? Duan Yingen, Okay, they beat Akito, uh, Shuma Katsumada, and Yuki Ino when Linda Man pinned Ino at the German Suplex in eleven twenty. Um, this was good. You know, I don't. I don't really know. There wasn't a ton to say about it to me. It's just another really fun match. I mean, they, the teases of Shima and Takashita already were really cool here. But they kept getting involved on the outside and like, you know, especially in the post-match made it clear that like they were going to really be going at each other later. Um, but yeah, like there was, you know, Le- you know, cleaned house and everybody, which was cool. I just thought T-Hawk was awesome in this. You know, T-Hawk has been awesome just and everything I've seen him in since Sleeping Dragon Gate, which is like just the fucking weight off his shoulders of being their failed ace candidate has just made him, Look like the best he's looked in probably since the fucking penguin run. Like, I can't think of anything else. Um, but yeah, and then you know, the penguin, run. I mean, like the, the fake naoki run, it was penguin for like one show, but anyway, um, there is a Linda Man of towards the end started like you know, throwing German suplexes on Eno. Um, the poor Duan looked like he almost killed himself on his <laughs> uh, no hands, died to the floor because there's no. And then Lindemann used the the delayed German Eno, which is this is really fun. I like this a lot. What do you think, Jesse?
1: I was kind of shocked. Strong Hearts won. I wasn't expecting it because I really thought Seymour was going to win in the semi-main. So yeah, seeing them was... win this, I was like, whoa! And then I think when you got that impression, you were like, okay, they're going to be sticking around in DDT more. And it was like, yeah, because <laughs> they bring a different sort of energy to the company. And damnation are heels, but like everyone likes them. Whereas Strong Cards can come in and actually act like heels, and I think they'll get the reaction that a heel should get. And they just bring a different flavor and style to the promotion, and it freshens things up a bit. So I'm really excited that they're going to be sticking around, and I'm really looking forward to the match Sunday. I think it's going to be really fun. Yeah, the one mm-hmm. thing here,
2: the crowd the crowd booed pretty vociferously every time Shima, like, interfered or did shit in this match. And, I, and again, later on when he was being healed. So, like you're saying.
1: And that's not necessarily he, the reaction he, that he gets, like, in Wrestle 1 or anywhere else that he goes since he's left Dragon Eight. It feels like in DDT, he gets booed. And that's I think that's something unique to the Stronghearts thing. And it brings a really different dynamic. And I like yeah. it a lot. Also, I, liked I hope they then, stick around.
2: Yeah, it sounds like they will. At least through, hopefully at least through February, but hopefully even longer. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I did like in the post-match that Eno was just like mad. He was basically <laughs> like mad that he let someone that
3: small pin him, which I thought was funny. Uh, what do you think of this one, Taylor? I really liked it. Um, one of those German suplexes that Lindemann threw landed Eno, I think, directly on top of his head. Um, mm. Which...
1: Looked, yeah, I think it was the first one. It yeah, I think the it. first
3: one. Yeah, it looked it, it looked pretty rough. Um, I I agree with everything that's been said, and I said this in the preview. I just think, as someone who um watches a lot or as much Dragon Gate as I can, almost every show. I mean, seeing Lindemann and T Hawk in this setting is so great. Just to see them really become the people that. I think a lot of people thought they would be the wrestlers. A lot of people thought they would be. Um, and I think just taking them out of the situation of they're in Dragon Gate where everyone is trained the same. And even though they're obviously not all the same wrestlers, they have all kind of the same, um, you know, I would way say to they put have together matches. To their matches. Yes, it's like When you yes. play a
1: song, it's like the same rhythm. Dragon Gate matches often have the same sort of rhythm. And so everything sort of fades together. But when you take that style of that sort of rhythm of a match to a different promotion, it makes them stand out more.
3: Yes, perfectly, perfectly put. <laughs> um, and I also like that they don't have to stand in the ring and and do fifteen minute speeches at the end of every match they have. <laughs> um, so that's also good. Or, or, um, call, or bring out a kid before every fucking match to to fucking ring the goddamn bell. <laughs> to say their favorite wrestler is Iket <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I really liked it. Obviously, it was a little bit—I thought it was a little bit below the uh, Manji Manji episode. Now that was eight. That was obviously an eight-man, Wishima and Takashida. So you know, you've got two other great wrestlers in there. But I thought this was really good. I really enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, so I thought that Manji Manji match was incredible too. I don't. There was a Joe Lanza was saying he thought it was just a match, and I was very like, I was very confused.
1: I thought it was the best tag match. In this year. By yeah. like... I
2: thought it was the best multi man tag I've seen all year, period. Like anywhere. So I don't I don't know. It was very like
1: different strokes for different folks.
2: It's yeah, funny. yeah. No, no, I know. <laughs> I mean he said it was weird too because he was like everybody else seems to love this match, but yeah, I don't know. I thought I thought it was incredible. Um but yeah, this was good not as good as that, like Taylor said, but still really, really good. Then the next match, the World's Crazy Couple Battle. Uh, Makoto Oishi and Misaki Ohada defeating Joey Ryan and Laura James when Oishi and Ohada pinned Ryan with the sky blue suplex and jackknife combo in 645. Now, Taylor, you should start this out as the world's number one Misaki Ohada fan.
3: Uh, what did you think of her, her turn here in DDT? Well, I said it in the preview that, you know, I went over that I think she's having uh an incredible year in ring wise, obviously she's retiring um, at the end of this year. So I think she's really going all out in a lot of these matches she has, but I thought that this probably would not, if you had never seen her before and you thought, Oh, this will be the match. I'll see how good she is. This is (laughs) not going to, I didn't think it would be that match and it obviously wasn't that match. Yeah. um, Because it's, I mean, with Joey Ryan, you're largely, I mean, maybe not largely, you're 100% of the time going to get comedy. And I thought it was good comedy. I mean, I thought the four of them worked well together. You know, I like the idea of Ohada and Oishi, um, you know, her, him kind of, you know, doing what she says, you know, she says, you know, look forward or, you know, stuff like that, you know, you know, something different as not to have two couples that are like we're both, you know, madly in love with each other and we're exactly the same. Um, but it was a it was a Joey Ryan match. I mean, you got people pulling out lollipops and, you know, flipping with dicks and, you know, vaginas and things like that. I mean, the same thing happened when last Miz- year. Mizaki. Mizaki had boo power. She did. Um, so... You know, I thought it was—I thought it was fine, a good comedy match that didn't overstay its welcome.
2: Yeah, it was short, and I don't—I didn't think it was bad. What do you think, Jesse?
1: So I'm looking at the time of the match, and it was six minutes and forty-five seconds, and I can't believe it was six minutes and forty-five seconds. It felt longer than that, but not—not not in like in a bad way. I thought the match was fine, but I'm yeah. just looking at—I'm it, I'm like, was that short? Really? Yeah.
2: No, I hear you. It probably did feel a little bit longer. I, mean,
1: I had never seen Ohada before. I'm not something. Mean, I don't really watch a lot of Joshi. So I'd never seen him before and I thought she was fine. I kind of didn't figure she'd be throwing out all the moves that she people go talk about her. So I wasn't expecting that. And uh I wonder if Laura James is gonna stick around a little bit more. I don't know how long Joey Ryan is on this tour. So I assume they're gonna have a couple more matches. Mm. And uh, He's not in the DM. Yeah. I mean. I, well he wasn't that bad in that tournament
2: though. No, I don't I I do, I don't disagree. I thought he was fine. I thought it was good. Yeah. Uh after that we had SoCem Special Holdings present. Will you eat or be eaten? The Giant Special Singles match. Speaking of matches, I can't believe it was a short. Uh Andreza, Andresa Giant Panda defeated Super Sauce Dango Machine with the andreza Press in 1025. Uh there will be no panda slander on this show, as Jesse said earlier. This was fucking awesome. I like adored this match. I really can't say enough good things about it. I mean, um, again, I have to shout out, I, he always loves my show. Um, at Dirk, you know, he said, so, I think he tweeted something like, um, DDT using all their new, like, you know, all their new cable pit money, I think he called it, on a a matching giant pants, or Sazadango Mask Panda and Shinya Aoki is like close to a best case <laughs> scenario and i can't really disagree i mean they are gonna spend money like yeah, spend it on a a matching giant panda and a fucking shoe fighter it's wonderful
1: i think but... part of the problem that people don't understand is andreza is really popular in japan yeah he's super over like and it's not just... just with wrestling i mean he won the fucking rookie of the year last year like he's <laughs> sort of a known figure within japanese media yeah and so i think people wondering well why is this panda on this show i don't understand the match i don't understand what's going on
2: if people don't understand why panda's on ddt i think that welcome to your first day watching ddt i was gonna say this is
1: <laughs> welcome to d this is like the welcome to ddt match <laughs> and then the next one was like the welcome to ddt here's ddt is the next match yeah after that but i think the powerpoint was really funny because sasadango machine had the trap and he said he uses it to catch aces. And they showed a picture of Ikomen on the screen. Yeah. Going back to the judgment match. That was really funny. I, the other really funny joke I like from the PowerPoint was when he said he, like, introduced his own giant
2: machine. That was his backup plan. And he noted for promoters that it's cheaper to book because it's from Tokyo that, instead of Hokkaido. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was, the, the trap quickly went did not work because it was the handler that, that got caught
1: in it instead of uh, the panda. And, and then they did the slow mo stuff. <laughs> they did the slow mo stuff. And then Andrei's bladed. Yeah, there was blood. And there was blood. <laughs> oh. uh,
2: the blood was really funny. Um, but yeah, like the 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 giant panda stray exchange and the lariat before the the slow mo, that was awesome. The like the 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 inter you know giant the giant panda's like inter story was like he has to win here because of his family, and because of his dream to main event WrestleMania. <laughs> I would put him in the main event. <laughs> I would, too. Um, but yes, he hit them both with the high-speed headbutt and pinned him with the Panda Press, which Satsudango warned that there was no chance he could survive that move. And he was right. He could not survive. But yeah, and then... Um, but yeah, but basically, after the match, Satsudango actually said that he has no doubt that the Panda will soon be going to NXT, because, of course, William Regal and Triple H were watching on Samurai TV and Abima.
3: So, <laughs> what did you think of the Panda battle, Taylor? I really loved it. I found the imagery of the head continuously deflating and reinflating <laughs> to be very funny. I also have a um, a question which uh, plagued me in the aftermath of the match. Um we know that the show was edited for um, certain things, definitely in the main event. The, so the wife and son came out. The wife was in a dress and the son was wearing pants. So is the implication that Andreza wrestles in the nude? <laughs> I guess so. Wow.
2: <laughs> I didn't even oh. think of that.
3: <laughs> the I son guess came so. out with the pants falling down, desperately <laughs> trying to keep the pants on. <laughs> I thought, oh, if they are wearing clothes, I guess that there's some sort of nudity going on.
1: Here. This show is full of dick and balls and ass <laughs> and nudity. And oh, no wonder it's still not up on Universe, everybody.
2: Uh, I, yeah, inflations,
1: inflations.
2: <laughs> That's not what they're talking about. If you Google that, normal. But <laughs> this, yeah, this was. Uh, this is pretty incredible. I love this match. I loved everything about it. Uh, I mean this is like, it, it, it seems cliche to say it, but this is the kind of shit I love DET for. So I hope they never change. Um, between this and the next match, they announced the participants in the DO Grand Prix, which they keep telling you is named the DO Grand Prix 2019 taking place in
1: 2018. No um, one knows why. <laughs> yeah, no one why.
2: knows why. It's a, it's a running joke, which is actually really funny. But the wrestlers are Hirashima, Takeshita, Daisuke Sasaki, Tetsuya Endo, Soma Takao, Akito, Gajisada Higuchi, Mao, Masahiro Takanashi, Mike Bailey, and then your four guest stars, Puma King. Maybe I maybe wonder, it's like,
1: how much does Ryan Satin have to do with this? <laughs> did he, Let me did tell, he tell get you, Puba he King? had nothing to do with it. <laughs> Puma <laughs> King and Daisuke Sasaki are like legitimately Best friends. Okay, okay. I, just thought you just, I like, will right. pull up the tweets. <laughs> Sasaki tweeted in February when Puma King was in Japan for CMLL. Everyone go see Mi Amigo, Puma King. He's <laughs> well, they, great and he's awesome. They just,
2: they just started and drinking then, together, I guess. And
1: he did. He posted a picture of Puma King without the face paint, but he had the mask on. He said, I'm having drinks with my friend Puma King. <laughs> that, so, that does roll. So, they're Sasaki... legit friends. Sasaki was the one that got Pumaking in. It went,
2: went to bat form. That's cool. Um, we have Shin, uh, Shinya Aoki, which is, which is insane. <laughs> that is insane. Shinya Aoki, Jesse, I feel like you're the best person for this. Do you want to introduce Shinya Aoki to the listeners that have no idea who he is?
1: Shinya Aoki is a legit badass MMA fighter. He fights in one championship fighting. He's, I think he's actually a champ over there. And he's going to be doing a pro wrestling tournament.
0: It's
2: insane. <laughs> I mean, he's going to be challenging for the extreme title first.
1: Like he's working a full like month and a half tournament. I know his MMA record
2: is forty two and eight. If people are wondering, I just look he's this the up.
1: Baka Survivor. If if you have watched Bo 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 Bo, whatever well, many bows you got thrown there, uh, you know the song Baka Survivor, and that's his theme song. In case it gets <laughs> muted. So you can go on YouTube and play it when he comes out. He's he's won and his he's- last
2: three. Oh, sorry, I was, gonna, I was gonna say he's won his last three fights, all of them this year. And uh, May of 2018, July of 2018, and October 6th. It was like just a few weeks ago. Um, but yeah, he's beat he beats everybody basically. He had two losses in 2017, 2016, but like before that, he had four, five, six, nine
1: wins in a row. So he's
2: one huge sucker fan. Fights.
1: He's a huge wrestling fan, really close with uh, Kuda. He's really close with Hideki Suzuki. He was part of IGF. Yeah. So this is not like a, a weird environment for him to be in. It's just really weird that he's going to be working this tournament.
2: It's yeah. crazy. And he has a, and he has a, like I said, a cage match. He doesn't have a cage match profile, but if you look for like, if you search for him, you'll find like the IGF. Go
1: account. on the ShareDog website and you'll find everything you need to know about him. He'll yeah. be on there.
2: I mean it, it fucking owns these coming. I can't wait. Um but yeah, so that's the sec- second guest star. Uh there's also Sammy Guevara who, unlike Shineoki, this is not not a guest star I'm a big fan of, but you know, he, he his I thought his D D T little mini run was pretty terrible, including like one of the worst segments of the year with that that fucking Erie Uh
1: well it Eerie a won't be there, so maybe we'll see <clears throat> a bit of an improvement. Yeah. I'll give mean, him another, you know, a second looking at.
2: He's very, he's very much a get your shit in guy, which I feel like he's going to need to like <laughs> be a little less of, but I think, was it you Taylor point out in the, in the Slack that so was Mike Bailey when he started?
3: Yeah. I just said that there's a, there's a U.S. style. And I feel like a lot of, I don't know. I don't see a lot of talk about this, that there's a U.S. style where these guys are traveling around from town to town essentially some i mean a lot of the time performing for people who've never seen them so they go in the ring they have about 10 moves that they do they do a match where they put the moves in wherever you know they feel like putting them in they go to the finish and they finish and they leave and it's really there's no story and it's just oh here are my you know here are my 10 cool moves that I have and I'm going to do them. And you'll go, wow, how impressive. And then I'll go to some other town and I'll do the same 10 moves and I'll, you know, leave that town where it's, I feel like it's a lot easier in Japan to grow as a wrestler because it always feels like you're being pushed in a way where you have to, even the lowest, you know, even the dark match on this show, the dark matches, the opening matches all have little stories in them. You so rarely see matches that are just here, are a bunch of guys to do some moves um, for you to, you go, wow. And mm-hmm. so I think that environment helps people like Bay. It happened with Bailey. I mentioned it could happen with Kincaid and I think Guevara needs it at this point. Cause I think he's a guy that people for many years have thought he's got a lot of potential but he he's hit the wall of well I'm pretty content. I'm getting a lot of bookings doing what I'm already doing right now. So I can just do what I'm doing, you know, I don't have to work outside of my comfort zone. And so I think being in a tournament like this where he's got a lot of matches against a lot of really good wrestlers may help to get him to reach some more of that potential i think a lot of people think that he has yeah i totally agree i mean
1: i would say that in ddt they allow you to do the get your shit in matches for a little bit and then after a certain point dd i think ddt tells these guys okay now you have to work our kind of match and you need to do what we want you to do and i think that'll be interesting to see with sammy i definitely think there'll be some matches where he gets to do whatever he wants But then I think some of these guys that he'll be in the tournament against are going to tell him, you can get your shit in, but I'm going to get my shit in too. So we're going to have to work something out here.
2: Sammy and Shanae, baby, that's a possible. (laughs) Sammy's going to be like, I want to do this and this, and Shanae's going to be like, I'm just going to punch you.
1: No, he's just going to put him in an arm bar. And he said, he's going to tell him, you better tap out because I have legit arm bars, and I'll break your arm if you don't listen to me.
2: (laughs) But yeah, so that's... uh... We'll see. We don't have the blocks yet, obviously. But once we hear the blocks, we'll know. He's funny. Oh, no, the last guy! Goshiozaki's in this fucking thing! I almost it's forgot funny. about A lot him. Of these people beat Koto Ameda, who's not in it. Yeah. But, I mean, Goshiozaki might wrestle Puma King. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> go He might get Goshiozaki versus Puma King. It's so funny. So... I don't
1: know many people that, like, go and Noah. But, like, once he gets out into Noah, everyone's like, yeah. yeah Goshiozaki?
0: Whoa!
2: But... All right, so match number seven. The difference is twenty-seven years of age. Representative director and president, forty-eight years old, and belonging wrestler, twenty-one years old. Bloodbath match, uh, the final settlement weapon rumble. Mao Beach and Shio Takagi with the cannonball four fifty through a plastic case on top of a cabinet in twenty-four oh five. Yeah, this rules again. You know, this is pretty classic DDT, but. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't like. I wrote down all the weapons because they're pretty amazing. But first of all, I like when the match starts, you're like, why does Mao just get to start out with the all the hammers the river god gave him? That seems kind of unfair. But then the hammer did nothing. <laughs> like, the hammers did absolutely nothing. Like, you know, he they they offer one to Takagi, they both threw it down, and then he gets this super special hammer. Takagi does his like hilarious no, no, and then gets hit with it. And it just completely no-sells it and, like, I don't know, beats him up, which is fucking great. Um, but, yeah, the first weapon was a dresser, which had, like, a bunch of shit in it, basically. Uh, weapon number two was the barbed wire potty <laughs> for Takaki. Um, Weapon number three was 100 empty cans for Mao, which we saw him get from the River God. But then weapon number four for Takagi was 100 leftover unsold new, <laughs> messages, new CD's. <laughs> which like that was so fucking funny. And I think Mao was like, there's that many? <laughs> so, um, weapon five was Ya'o for Mao and of course that's fucking Shinsuke Nakamura. And he had this fake US title that like was one of those tin cases. The Danish buttercream Dan- cookies. <laughs> people on Twitter were freaking the fuck out that this thing exists in Japan, apparently. Like, the Danish cookies. They're so, so that- good. I know they are I really good. I love them. <laughs> and then, like, there's the Danish buttercream <laughs> cookies with, like, red and white, like, fucking, I don't even know, like, streamers or something on the other side. And so I was like, for people wow. that don't
1: know, any kind of title that Nakamura wins in WWE, Chinsuke makes his own knockoff title. So yeah. he's made everything Nakamura's one. And it's really funny. He's a better Nakamura than Nakamura is at this point. <laughs> it's not even close, actually. I was going to ask who's having, a, in all
3: seriousness, who's having a better year, Chinsuke or Shinsuke? Because I think it's Chinsuke. You you think? You think? <laughs> you think? I, think I think so.
1: I you think? I Yeah, I'd say so. Chinsuke uh, works at one of the places where they have shows i can't remember if it's first ring or the other place shinjuku face yeah he works at one of them yeah
2: uh, <laughs> then so shinsuke um you know uh, he basically mao distracts akage so shinsuke can low blow him uh they both try to do the bomb ba- the bombay together but they tripped over the dresser which i thought was funny um then we got Kayori from bed in Which is apparently she makes a live appearance at your Rose show. Yes. So she. Which they're
1: going to be having another one soon.
2: Yeah. I I saw that on schedule. I was like, whoa. But do you, what, like, what is Bed In? Do you have any idea? Like, it's some kind
1: of. There's another woman in the group, and they're like an idol group, kind of. Like, straight. Yeah. Yeah. I will just say if you don't like some of the comedy DDT does, don't watch. The, the show coming. <laughs> don't watch Eros is what you're saying? Yeah, don't watch it. I'm, okay. I'm just going to tell you. Don't. Because you're not going to like it.
2: Um, then we got the bed for Mao, which is weapon number seven. So Takagi like tried to suplex him on it. Instead, Chinsuke gives him the bomb yay, and he smacks his head on the bed, which goes flying off the stage, which is clearly not planned because they had to grab the bed and put it back and hastily put it back together on the stage. Because they had to do a spot where Carrie was going to try to uh, have sexual intercourse with Chinsuke. And that resulted in Shinsuke running away and her chasing him off to get rid of them. Um, weapon 8 was 10 plastic cases for Takagi. Uh, there was lots of box breaking that looked very disgusting. Uh, weapon number 9 was the vacuum futon compression bags. With vacuum cleaner for Mao. Uh, Takagi got wrapped up in one. So Takagi gets wrapped up in this bag. It looks like this thing could be fatal, but then we all of a sudden forget about it because weapon ten, Takagi's final weapon is Mal's private phone number. With his <laughs> legit phone number. His legit phone number, which Takagi Tell everybody to call. They say he's registered online, which is like a like a messenger app app that Japanese people use a lot. So you can send them line messages and <laughs> so Mal starts getting all these calls. And then the special unannounced weapon is the giant panda again. Um you know, he, he forms an, an alliance with Takagi, headbutts Mao, almost takes himself out. The panda has to retreat because the panda's like deflating and dying, basically. He's okay, though. He's okay. That's good to know. Um, but yeah, so Takagi like saluted him too. <laughs> <as> <laughs> it was, was so funny. <laughs> and, and was crying. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Mao and Takagi go back to trading punches in the ring. And then Mal finally pins him with a 450 on the dresser through the case. Um, but yeah, their the afterwards was honestly the best part where they they both gave long promos about, um, which again, d- thank you to DT English for translating, where basically talking about how, like, you know, look at the ring around you, that is DDT, having no regard for their matches is DDT, you know, saying curse words on a BEMA is DDT, <laughs> <laughs> like all this stuff and mao was like you know i i, I thought when we basically was like i thought when we got bought out that you were maybe getting soft or something but i can see you're still out of your mind <laughs> it, was, it was pretty great but and then basically takagi said that mao is the maybe the new heir, the true heir to the crazy ddt
3: after kenny and Coda. so yeah this was awesome yeah i thought it was really good uh i think you had mentioned comparing it to last year's um and I thought last year's was maybe a little bit funnier, but I thought that this one was the better match yeah that's fair um the the finish of of the four fifty through the boxes and on the cabinet looked very painful
2: indeed it did
3: to me <laughs> um. So I mean, it was still obviously a very funny match t- to me. Um, I mean,
2: Takagi saluting the panda. I I replayed that like five times.
3: Like just almost crying with laughter. So that was the panda's head time. deflating, and them desperately running him off. <laughs> that was the thing. Takagi
2: said, "This is that that this is DDT was ruining the panda." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but
3: I I mean I thought it was a really. Great match. Yeah. What do you think, Jesse?
1: I had noticed a few people on Twitter that don't really watch DDT. They kept going on and on about Mao. Like, who is this guy? And I think that's why Takagi did all this. It's not just crazy DDT. I think Mao is the next sort of breakout superstar for this company. He has everything and he's willing to do anything. I think that's a part of. DDT wrestlers that people sometimes don't understand. And it's why I have... Not that Takashita doesn't do it, but I don't think he's as willing to go so as far as people like Sasaki or Mao or so a few others in the company. And in DDT, it's really important because this is not a straight-up traditional wrestling company. They do do crazy and wacky stuff. That's part of who they are. And that match was crazy and wacky and it did have some wrestling in it and it was really fun. That match is so to me, that match is like quintessential DDT. That's what DDT is about. That's how I felt about the match. And their post-match promo was kind of led into that too because Takagi was like you know, I do all this other stuff but then I forget this is part of who I am too.
2: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this was this was an awesome match. Like just like you were saying, it sums up DT in a nutshell and I quite enjoyed it. Uh we had a little mini intermission here because they had to clean up the ring of all this mess. And after that we had uh the end of Irie as a DT regular. Peace. Um, his, <laughs> he and Ishii defeated Harashima and Yukiya Sakaguchi when Irie pinned Sakaguchi the Beast Bomber in fourteen fifty uh, this was good. I really, I mean, I thought it was kind of boring for a while, actually, but like there was a really, really fun stretch run, I thought, that that kind of saved it, um, in it before Irie pinned Jugia with the Beast Bomber. But I mean, first of all, I, Soma coming out with them, I did not expect. So yeah, I was, was going to cool. say
1: that was probably to me the best part of the whole match.
0: Yeah, so Soma because just came
1: out. Ishii is also kind of leaving DDT, too. That's kind of an underlying thing. This match they made a big deal about Irie. But Ishii is going to Gunbare on loan, quote-unquote. And so the only one left of Team Dream Futures that's still in DDT itself is Soma Takao. Yeah. So... He even said so on Twitter. He put the picture of them together, and he's like, yeah, it's going to be like one of the last times they're all together, and I'm still the only one left in DDT.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, Ishii is she still booked for the next, you know, core i It's not... Like, I don't want people to think like they'll, they'll never see Ishii again if they don't watch Gambari because obviously Gambari people do appear on DDT, you know, plenty of times. But yeah, he's going to be on there less is a good way to put it. Um, but yeah, I mean, and we don't know what Iria is going to. I mean, Iria, I'm sure, will be back. You know, again, this is not a guy.
1: I don't know. Be... If we follow the pattern of everybody else in Japan, he's going to be in the New Japan uh, tag <laughs> tournament at the end of the year. <laughs>
2: I know and I think it was uh it was what's his name Jamie on the Dramatic T site who said I'm going to be really annoyed if he shows up in New Japan as dramatic. hero here he is. The beast. <laughs> what well, no, if they they keep using part of the promotion's name or tagline for the new guy like No Other Were Born and um you know what Taiji Shimori is The Born, and then Dragon Gate and Shinko Takagi is the dragon. So people are like dramatic The dream
1: and or they the can dream. dress him up like in like polka dots and stuff
2: <laughs> but we'll see i guess um but yeah so this was good you know very emotional in the post match especially matsui the ref really could not stop crying which was you know he's i guess very close to the dream futures guys but yeah this was good just a little slow early on but definitely had a fun closing stretch i don't
3: know what'd you think of it taylor I thought it was fine. It felt like a it felt like a main event on like one of the small shows that they do, like one of the you know like handheld shows that they put on Universe, where it's like, oh, it was fun, but there's not that much to it. like. I didn't feel like there was that much to it beyond the farewell, which didn't really influence the match. I felt so. I I thought it. I thought it was fine, but pretty forgettable for me. What do you think, Jesse?
1: I thought the best part of the match was at the end when Yukio had his arms out telling Irie, bring it. And then that was the finish. Mm. I liked that. And uh, I don't know. I was talking to some other people and I said, I think this summer and all of the stuff with Irie was not very good. And I think maybe was the final pin in the coffin for him to decide to leave i don't know how much of the renegade stuff and the storylines and everything was Irie's decision or choice to go with but it just didn't work yeah and i think we talked about this last time that we were on it sort of felt like ever since he came back he just didn't even fit in the company anymore
2: no i would totally agree
1: and so you know i think they'll miss him as a person definitely i mean i think we saw that in the post-match but I don't think they'll miss him so much as a wrestler. And, you know, I wish him all the best. I'm kind of curious to see where he ends up. Uh, you know, is he going to be going to Impact? Is he going to be staying in the States? Is he going to go to NXT? Is he going to work Dragon Gate? I mean, who the hell knows a Dragon Gate anymore?
2: Yeah.
1: They, they bring in anybody now. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. Uh, I think he'll be in New York for these Mania shows for DDT. I expect him to be there unless he signs right away with somebody else. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of sad, though, that Soma is the only one left out of that group. Yeah. Just, you know, they were the dream team futures, but it hasn't really worked out for any of them. Yeah. Well, we don't know with Soma yet. Soma's never, I think someone's quite had that chance. We'll see what happens with him. I don't know. Has she? No, but at the same time, he's so much a work rate guy. Yeah. You no, know, he's like, he's legit one of the best straight up wrestlers in DDT. And so he was never quite, you know, just like I was talking about with Takeshita, uh, you kind of have to have that other little craziness about you to sort of elevate yourself on the card in DDT. And so... Yeah. I mean, she had some of my favorite matches in DT over the last three years. So I'm
2: sure he's going to up the work rate in Gambare. But, you know, that's... I think we might
1: see him show up in all Japan and other places a little bit more, too. Yeah, that'd be cool. But yeah, the, I mean, that the Takashita
2: match of Korkin last year is like still one of my favorite matches of the year last year. So there's stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so this was good match, maybe not great, but I think I liked it more than two of you did. But I thought it was, you know, even though I thought it was boring until like a really cool stretch run. But then we're going to get to a semi-main that I already know I definitely liked more than one of you and probably liked more than both of you. Uh, Shima defeated Konosuke Takashida with the Meteora in 24-21, the dramatic dream match. Um, I thought it was really interesting that Takashida said during the pre-match that a loss to Shima here to mean DET is weaker than Shima and he can't let that happen, which almost felt like you, you kind of have to win when you say that, don't you? But I guess it made it even more shocking when he lost. Um but yeah, I mean, there was a, you know, the, the first five minutes were probably the weakest part of the match. There wasn't a ton going on, but I assumed at that point we were going a little bit long. Um, and then we started, like, the leg work, which, you know, even came down to Lindemann, like, distracting the ref. So Shima could use a chair on it, wrapped around the post, which drew a lot of boos. Like, the crowd was really upset about that. Um, takashita selling i thought here and this is ultimately what i thought, thought put the match over to me as like a classic was just incredible i mean there's so many guys who cannot sell this leg anymore and it almost feels like a lost art and especially when you watch some of these some of these new japan matches where they're working around the leg and you know it's either just totally forgotten about in the, after 10 minutes or something and takashita just like this entire match you know t- down to like, not having as much behind his elbows because he can't plant the leg correctly. You know, he just like everything he did here was, you know, even when he had a dive or something, he would go back to holding the leg immediately and, you know, just very, very, very high level here. And, you know, there was like uh, a cool little crowd brawl and that led she- to Shima giving him a knee crush on the ramp. And a dragon screw off the ramp to the floor, which looked really good. And Shima, you know, he's like in full heel mode here. He tries to take the cheap count out win. Uh, but takashita just basically gets back in before 20. So Shima like just is waiting though, he uses a double knee attack, perfect driver, goes right back to the leg. Um to makes sure he gets like a comeback, and he makes sure he uses his other leg for the knee attacks and such, which again, people do not always do anymore. Um he was like some kind of like this crazy drop from the ropes into like from the fire, fireman's carry position onto the top rope. That looked really cool. Um, and then he couldn't keep the bridge on the German suplex because of the leg. Um, Shiva had taken the turnbuckle pad off like a million years ago before this. And I end up, you know, as this Wiley heel move playing back into it here where he like used a, a counter of the cross arm German, just like sending him face first in the exposed buckle and using the Meteora for a two count uses Swine, two more Meteoras, one to the back, one to the front, and Takashita still kicked out, which I thought was pretty great, you know, I guess they're, they're pushing the super Takashita thing. Um, Crossfire gets another two count, and then what I thought made the match at the end was when Takashita is trying to get up, but he, the fucking leg gives out on him, he falls to the ground, grabs the leg again, so plays directly in the finish, and Shima hits the final Meteora, and that kept him down for the pin, so, yeah, I went four and three quarters on this, which I think is higher than almost anybody. But I love the story they told. I thought Takashita's ceiling was incredible. I thought Shiba was a fucking awesome heel here. And, you know, I'm sure they definitely saved a lot for the eventual, like, all-out super fast match they're probably going to do at some point. But I thought this was awesome. Uh,
1: Jesse, what do you think? I, th- I know you were
2: lower on it than I was.
1: I'll preface this by saying it was 5 o'clock in the morning when <laughs> I watched this uh, I wanted the more fast paced DDT sprint match and so sitting there watching a 24 minute match I was like mm, are you kidding me and I think the thing that soured me the most was Takashita kicking out of everything it, mm. I, I was having horrific flashbacks to the Indo and Takashita match <laughs> I was like getting shell shocked and I'm like oh my god no no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't like Super Takashita. I don't like Super Anybody. I think when you, like, do a finisher, like, twice, that should be the it. It should be the end. I don't like finisher spams at all. It's not something I like in wrestling. So, when they were doing it in this match, I was like, ugh. I thought I worked here for the drama, but I, I understand
2: why you would sneak that.
1: But I will say, I thought, Shima, Seema, whatever... You know, I'm. I can't say these names, so uh, I thought he was incredible in this match. He's just been incredible ever. I think he's been incredible ever since he left Dragon Gate. He's kind yeah. of gone back to more of that heel role that he had, which he
2: clearly, clearly enjoys a lot more.
1: Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, I just thought he was he was incredible in this match. And I was a little disappointed that none of the Strongheart guys were announced for the tournament. I kind of really wanted them to be in there. Yeah, because I want to see seema in the winner of the main event in yeah. a final match I, do, I would like to see that as well uh
3: taylor what did you think well i guess i was uh, in the middle i guess from hearing that i thought it was really good um i don't think i thought it was as good as you john i was probably like f- four point two five maybe four and a half um like low four and a half i really liked it i don't really have any complaints it's not that i thought it was you know a bad match by any stretch it did feel like a match where it ended and you go oh they either should or they definitely will have another match down the line that will probably build on this one so they might have left some things on the table um in terms of ways to work the match, and in terms of you know a leg match versus a big all out throwing bombs type of match, I think could still be down the road um, but I really liked it. I liked a lot of the leg work like you did, John um, the dragon screw off the ramp looked crazy to me um, but yeah, I thought it was I thought it was really. I thought it was a really great match. Yeah, so I mean, we're I mean, if you're four and a half,
2: we're not that far off or anything. Anyway, so yeah, you know,
1: I'm not. I don't. I didn't, I didn't say the match was terrible. I didn't think it was a, a crappy match. I didn't think it was the worst match on the card or anything like that. Yeah, I would say it was a good match. I wouldn't say we, I don't do star ratings. So. Yeah, that's okay. I wouldn't say it's like one of the best matches I've seen this year. I'd say it's like it was yeah, good. I put it right on the bottom of my top ten. I think I have it like eighth or seventh or something. So.
2: Yeah, I thought it was really good. The KOD Openweight title match, the main event, Don Shokudino against Daisuke Sasaki. Um, This is what I'm sure is going to um, (laughs) divide the... Maybe divide the podcast. I'm sure divided the people watching it. Um, I like this a lot. I didn't... Like, it wasn't like a match of the year level match or anything to me, but I really did enjoy it a lot by the end. And... You know, I thought, like, as far as spectacle, it was, you know, obviously the entrance stuff was really good, you know, with uh, Sasaki coming out with his his king of, the king of losers throne and the rest of Damnation. You had, you know, Don Shokudina with the casket that turned out to just have that picture of Sasaki in it, which I thought was really funny. Um, But, yeah, then you had, you know, I I just also really laughed they just straight up used our Taker's theme song. That was really fucking funny, but I'm sure that was muted on, on Universe, right? We wouldn't know. Oh, what do you, oh, because the live one they wouldn't have muted it. They didn't mute it on the live oh, one. That's funny. Okay, yeah, Samurai obviously never mutes anything, but, um, but yeah. So you know, then we had the you know, basically <laughs> I'm trying to think what I was trying to say here. Basically, like, do you know? Do you know like? His judgment, like coming down to the ring, which I, I always think is funny, given the gimmick, what the gimmick is, which is supposed to be like, you know, him forcing himself on dudes. His judgment when he comes down to the ring of figuring out which guys are playing at, not wanting to be kissed, and which guys, like which fans, absolutely like do not one hundred percent do not want to be kissed, is actually really good. I feel like I don't know why I know that here, but I guess maybe just in in general, like. I don't know. He just, he's really good at figuring that out, I feel like. There's some guys you can tell Like he's just like, okay, this person is not going <laughs> to... Does, does not want me anywhere near them and just keeps walking. Um, but yeah, so Dino, he, he went for... The whole story of this match going in, which I think, and this is ultimately why I thought it, it worked, was that it had this internal story, it, and they built this up going in. was that Dino's offense does not work on Daisuke Suzaki. He has a magical power to resist it. Um, didn't he say it's just because he doesn't get erections or something? Wasn't that what he said? Yes. Um, but yeah, so Dino tries to do the nightmare early on. You know, he loads himself down. It doesn't work at all. Suzuki so just gets right up. Um, Dino tries to help hold his hands in the apron to go for the nightmare, but Suzuki just escapes again and hits like a neck breaker over the top rope. Um, about at the 10-minute mark, Suzuki's no-selling of the dick grab finally gave out. Which and Dino finally got the nightmare on the third try, which I thought that was good because I was worried in the build, in the way this match was structured, that it was going to be like Suzuki so kept no selling and no selling and no selling, and Dino was finally going to get the hit the hit something and it would finally work and he would win. Um, you know, but Dino he does many many thrusts. He goes for he has Suzuki dizzy, but Suzuki still managed to escape the Doshoku driver. And folks, here is where we got weird. Because Don Chocardino, if you're wondering why this show is not up on DET universe, got fucking naked for an arm bar here. Like honest to guard naked. And you know, the camera was trying to cut away a well, lot. For a triangle choke. For the armbar tri- the arm bar there I think where he started getting naked was the arm bar and then yeah, into the triangle choke is where he got like completely naked. Um But yeah, so like <laughs> Sasaki started stripping too to like some black underwear or something. <laughs> And Matsui fish made him pull his, yeah, the the fish stuff. and he made so Matsui made him pull his pants up like immediately. I thought it was really funny, um but yeah, and this is where basically we saw way more of Don Shocodino than maybe you ever wanted to see um there was definitely one moment where you could see his so people said you could see like his entire like dick and balls and everything. I never saw the dick, I just saw the balls at one
1: point, I feel like,
2: but you, you got lucky, Jesse. You missed all of it,
1: apparently. I was having, like, meat sweats. I was, like, <laughs> losing my mind watching this match. I wanted to suck me to win so bad that I wasn't paying attention to Dino's dick. <laughs> Taylor, did you see Dino's dick?
3: So, I didn't see it, but there was another show on Universe. It was some small show um, where he got he did the same thing. He got n- naked... And I think I saw it there. So I think there was just like, oh, it's happening again. Uh, (laughs) Already seen it. Uh, I don't know. Like, I had already seen it. I was like, oh, here it goes again. So I don't know if I I also didn't see it. But I wasn't really like, oh. (laughs) <laughs> Am I gonna see it?
1: I don't think any of us were like causing him to I really wasn't. No, <laughs> I out wasn't out or anything. i kind of trying to
2: find it. Although th- there were some fans on Twitter apparently that said so Sasaki after the show said that the reason why he won was because, or one of the reasons was because Dino has a small dick.
1: He and, put that on Twitter
2: this morning. Yeah, and there were fans who said who confirmed it basically like, "Yep, we could say it. It was tiny." So there you go. That's where we're at with this. Um, but yeah, so Dino he missed a moonsault, a naked moonsault. Um, he, he, what did he have him in where, where Matsui was trying to pull his pants back up desperately? Uh, oh, the, fl- so Saki got the flying elbow and got the face lock on Dino. And that's where Matsui's like desperately pulling up his pants. And the crowd is going crazy for Matsui pulling up his pants. It led to like a loud Matsui call. Which I thought was really funny. Um, and then Dino missed a moonsault on the second try. Oh no, he hits the moonsault on the second try. But then he tried to go for the Donshoku tornado, which is like, that was like a fucking, what, what was that? I actually don't even know. Was like a sky was like a sky twister press or something? It didn't work. Yeah, whatever it was, it didn't work. And um Sasaki tries again for the he tries to run him for the run into the cross race again. Dino counters in the tombstone position and tries again into the uh Michinoku Danshoku driver, which but he couldn't actually get it. Um when Dino ends up with the top rope, Sasaki kisses him to stop him, which is a great little moment there. And then he hits like a fucking top rope pile driver that almost killed him. Like he dropped Was him it right supposed from... to be a pile driver or oh, no, sorry. A pedigree? Top, you're right. You're right. Was it a pedigree. was it a Pepsi plunge? It was a Pepsi plunge. Yeah. I I, I misspoke and said pile driver. It was a top rope pedigree slash Pepsi plunge, slash whatever you want to call it. But like he ended up it ended up turning into like a double underhook pile driver because he dropped him right on his fucking neck. I was like, oh my God. Um, but then that that only got two counts somehow. But then we got the Rana into the cross face, into the overall cross face, and Sasaki wins. Um I really thought Sasaki was losing this, especially when they announced him the DO and Dino was not announced the DO. But apparently that was a spoiler in like the opposite way I thought it was. Um But yeah, I won four stars on this. I thought it was really good. I thought it had its own internal logic and it really worked for it for it by the end, you know, other than the obviously the uh you know maybe maybe you could take marks off for having to see dino's dick and balls if you saw it but you know 32 minutes maybe people some people were like oh 30 minute dino match but i didn't i didn't really think it dragged that badly i don't know maybe you guys feel differently but i thought i thought it built well and i thought it was good uh what do you think Jesse?
1: there was a lot of pain in this match for me <laughs> i thought i was gonna have a heart attack at one point i was so nervous
2: I was very nervous, too. I was, like, so. every
1: move, or I'm like, oh, no. But I have to say, the minute Dino got naked, I was like, Sasaki's going to win. Mm. Especially when none of it was working, really. And I was like, oh, he's got it. And I think the biggest thing I have to say is, I don't begrudge people if they don't like Dino and the stuff that he does, but at the same time, This is his first time main main eventing Peter Pan. What did you think he was going to (laughs) do? I mean, if you weren't expecting him to go like full out Dino in this match, I guess you don't really watch a lot of DDT. I'm not trying to be crass or rude about it, but he did pretty much what I was expecting him to do, and that's something people like or they don't like. But I think in the end, the best thing was Sasaki won, and it was quite interesting because Hisaki said in his post-match comments that uh he went to bring some stability back to the title after this summer which is something that i brought up on this podcast yeah and why i really thought it was important for him to win uh taylor what did
2: you think i know your your casual right. fan friends did not did not enjoy this one
3: yes they did not one of them walked out um <laughs> so i'll start with the good did he, did he give you a reason thought it was I mean thought it was terrible for the reasons that most people would walk out Um, uh so I'll start with a good the good is Sasaki so I like him he's never been my favorite in DDT um you know when his matches are announced on cards you know I'm interested but I'm not like I'm dying to see you know what he does I thought he was excellent in this match I thought he was really really good and really I think with I think with any other with a broomstick in the ring I probably would have really liked this match. I look, taking out the issue of is it offensive? Is it not offensive? I I don't really want to comment on that or talk about that because I don't want to be some kind of moral expert on you know what they should or shouldn't do and obviously he's popular um i just find dino not to be funny to me the gimmick you're talking about a show that had so many funny things i mean Mao and takagi andre's a giant panda i mean you have all these things that are so funny up and down the card and to me he is the least funny part of ddt to me it's such a one note gimmick to me, and I wasn't surprised that he got naked because, as I said, I've watched another show where he got naked, which was like a show in front of 150 people or something <laughs> like that. So, I'm not surprised by any of what happened. And this is pretty much the match that I expected when it was announced, which is why I was hoping that Mako would win because I was really excited to see for the possibility of Mako versus Sasaki. But to me, And my friend who stayed said the same thing. It was almost like a story of two matches where the Sasaki part, when Sasaki was in control and he was doing things. I mean, that dive over the table to the outside of the ring on Dino looked crazy. And when he was in control, I was like, wow, this is great. I mean, the Pepsi plunge, obviously, I don't think turned out the way it was. They wanted it to, but it looked crazy. And I'm like, wow, this is nuts and he's doing all this great stuff and he's you know wrestling really well and then it was like oh here's Dino doing the nightmare again okay you know oh the joke is you know okay I get it so to me Dino to me the joke it's like a joke that doesn't land if you go to a comedy movie and you don't find the comedy funny you're not going to and it's going to be hard to enjoy the movie even if everyone's acting well so to me that's that's where I landed.
1: And the thing about Dino is he's not a bad wrestler. I've seen him have like great wrestling matches. I just think he's outgrown the gimmick. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens because they locked him up in that casket and DDT announced that he's not coming back for a while, apparently. So I wonder if they're going to change some things up with him. I think it would be good because I don't think he needs to do the stuff that he does anymore. I think he's outgrown it as a performer. And I think he's popular enough that he doesn't need any of that stuff anymore.
3: Yeah, it feels a little bit... It reads to me a little bit as like... Uh, like, it's a, it's a... I don't know if this will make sense, but it's a sweaty gimmick where it seems like he's trying so hard to do, you know... uh it's really out... You know, it's so out there. Oh, I'm naked on the show. It just seems... He doesn't need, because he does show signs. I think in other matches, Um, his title match at the end of last year, I think that was or the beginning of this year, I thought was good, where it shows that he has the wrestling skills. And so I agree. I hope that the, you know, when he comes back, maybe it's dialed back or it's something different or or at least a new angle or or something like that. Because just to me. Having you know watched so much DDT, it just feels like okay. Here's another Dino match. He's gonna do the nightmare. He's gonna do the you know. He's gonna do this. He's gonna take his you know shorts down and do this. And I'm just like, uh, it's not funny to me anymore. I've seen it all, and I've seen it so many times that you know I just kind of want to move on. Maybe this is like the peak of his run, and now like just
2: yeah. Pan. I was
1: gonna say you know he finally made it into Peter Pan.
2: Because it feels so, like he's been on a on a trajectory in the last like two years where maybe this was the end and the peak.
0: And he,
1: he barely came back from, I think, a pretty serious back injury. Yeah. He was hurt for a while. And then so. he came back. So, you know. I kind of do wonder if they're going to mix things up because he finally main evented Peter Pan as Dan Shaku Dino. So are we going to see a different kind of Dino when he comes back?
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, I mean, I, I kind of thought they were going in that direction when he became the producer for a while. And they kind of were for a while, where he just was like, you know, he was more... great
1: in the producer role. Yeah. That's what I'm the thing. And he wasn't doing all of that stupid stuff that he usually does for yeah. the most part. But It like... was a great fit for him there.
2: But then it turned out to be the master plan to win the title. Oh, but that
1: was funny, though. I will say the master funny. plan thing was funny.
2: It was funny. Um, but yeah, so overall, um, what do we think of this show?
1: Thumbs up if you have six hours to spare. uh, Check it out. It is
2: very long. (laughs) Very, very, very long. Um, let me say I I did take two polls of Twitter. I said if you watched all six hours of DT Peter Pan, how would you rate the show as a whole? Um, good to very good won the poll 53%. Show of the year level was second with 34%. So 87% people thought it was either, you know, at least good and maybe even show of the year level. 11% 11% said average and only 2% said bad or worse. And that was at 74 votes. So people really didn't seem to enjoy this show.
3: Um, what did you guys think? I would go, I would actually say show of the year level. It might be my show of the year right now. So my only, I thought it was very good. And actually it's funny cause it was six hours. It was a long show, but to me it kind of flew by. I don't know. I can't contribute that to one specific thing. I don't know. It just seemed like it went very fast. Like all of a sudden I was like, oh, we're at the Eerie a Farewell match. And I was like, oh, we've only got three matches left. And, you know, they were a half an hour. But, you know, comparatively, I know last year, John, when we saw it, it felt to me sitting in the crowd, it I enjoyed the show, but it felt like a long show to me. Yeah. Um, and to me, I would say very good. Probably not a show of the year just because uh, it doesn't have the – One or two matches, like obviously, I like Shima and Takashita. Um, but it didn't have the one or two matches that to me are like, oh, these are great matches. That at the end of the year, I will think these are great matches, and they were both on this show. Uh, you know, I think it had a bunch of very strong matches, but just missing maybe the one or two matches I would say excellent to put it over the edge for me. I think that's less. 'Cause like
2: if I was gonna judge by that, like there's I don't know, I'd rather have a show that's fun the entire way through than a show that has two excellent matches and then like nothing else on it. Well I'm there's not like saying
3: I'm not saying it has two excellent matches and nothing. I'm just saying it it needs the you know when I go back, I think I would remember a show where, you know, things were you know, three and a half And then all of a sudden, four, four, and then like four and three-fourths. As opposed to this, where it was kind of like three and a half, four, 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 you know, four and a fourth. Just to me, show of the year, I think back when I think of, oh, the wrestling matches I remember. Oh, and these, you know, this collection of matches, you know, there can be strong matches, funny matches, whatever. I just, in my own show of the year, thoughts... Need a match that to me sticks out and says, "Yes, this is the peak of this show," and it's it's you know the top mm-hmm. of the at uh, the top of the top to me. So that's you know, some people may look at it differently, but that's the way I guess I look at it.
2: Yeah, by show of the year, level, I don't necessarily mean you're going to vote for it for sure for number one, but that's in the conversation at least for your top three. Maybe I don't know, Jesse. What would you pick of those options?
1: I would say show of the year in the context of it being DDT's best show of the year. Mm. that's kind of how i viewed it I'm like do i think this is the best show that ddt's had this year i do think it's the best show that ddt's had this year do i think it's like one of the best shows out of anywhere no because i do agree i don't think it had that one singular match that people are going to be like oh you have to watch it except maybe the mile match but that's no. not like mm-hmm. the typical really. kind of match that people will tell you is like a match of the year
2: now i'm really curious what's your show of the
3: year
1: I'll be honest with you i don't have one okay. i don't think anything's really mm-hmm. stood out this year
3: i, I mean don't. i would have to go back i've watched so much at this point where it blends together and i'm sure looking through cards i would go oh yeah it's this like the uh the super the super juniors final where they had the eight at corican where they had the eight super juniors matches um is there but uh it's just so many shows at this point i'm sure if i look through my list of stuff i could go oh yeah this show and get it quickly but off the top of my head i can't even really think of it
2: see i'm very biased to the dt show format where like if if it's good at all because before my show of the year was judgment and now it's peter pan so so i mean it just i think this is like a very good format for me i'm not sure i'm saying it works for everybody because i'm sure there's some people like i can't sit through six hours of this but like I love the Viardi show format. I love that everything feels different. I love that you get comedy and you get serious stuff all on the same show. And I love the I do like sitting there. I don't want to do this every month, obviously, but I like sitting there, you know, for um for a little while, like, you know, for once twice a year at least, and sitting through this, you know, having an entire Sunday afternoon or you know, an entire Sunday day basically spent watching this show. I think that's a cool thing to do. But, you know, I wouldn't want to do it every month. I guess I kind of gave away then the bonus poll question. If you watched all of both shows, which do you prefer? Um, I vo- you know, I, I would have voted for Peter Pan, obviously. And you know that only got 41 votes. So I guess a lot of people watched Peter Pan that didn't watch Judgment. But uh, 66% said Peter Pan and 34% said Judgment. So it sounds like we're all in agreement there.
3: Yeah, I would probably agree. Although I think uh, to me, the Judgment main event would be the match of either sh- of either show, but I would agree that Peter Pan was the better
1: show. Mm. Yeah, I would say the six-man title match from Judgment is the best match between the two shows. Yeah. I think that's one match that really sticks out in my mind this year, that six-man title match from Judgment. It was just so good, and I really wasn't expecting it either. It just kind of like was like, bam! And you're like, whoa, where'd this come from? But... I think they they hit more highs in terms of things they were trying to accomplish on Peter Pan than they did a Judgment. Yeah. Um,
2: but yeah, I don't know. I went I went with uh, I mean I would go with Shima Takashita as the best match of either show. But again, I was very high on it. Uh, but yeah, so there's your Peter Pan report, everybody. Let's quickly look at some upcoming stuff. Um, the big thing, obviously, is this weekend DDT's. October 28th, Korokin Maji Manji special card. Um, This looks like a really stacked show, which is, you know, they're just coming right out of the gate here from Peter Pan with another really stacked lineup a week later. Um, It starts with a unit competition four-way tag. Toru Washi and Kazuki Hirata from Disaster Box. Yukio Sakaguchi and Masa Takanashi from Doji, Antonio Honda and Katsada Higuchi, I guess from the Compliance, they're still there, even though they they don't have Dino anymore, and Akito and Shuma Katsumata from All Out. Um, then we have a six-man tag: Shinshiro Takagi, Yumihito Imanari, and Michael Wolf against Makoto Oishi, uh, Super Sasango Machine, and Gorgeous Matsuno. That could be really funny, actually, with the six people that are in there. Um, then we have a six-man tag that's on the serious side; looks it could be really good. Um, KSK Ishii, Mao, and Yuki Ino against Kota Umeda, Mizuki Watase, and Yuki Ueno. So again, that could be like a young, younger side here. People on the younger side could be a really fun six-man. Um, then we get to the real meat of the card here. So Shima said he wanted to win a title before he turns 41. He turns 41 in only a few weeks. So he, T-Hawk, and Duong Ian are going to challenge Toma Takao, Tetsi Endo, and Matt Polly for the KOD six-man tag team titles. Do you guys think we'll see a
1: title change? I think if the guy from OWE wasn't in the match, we would. I kind of feel like him being there says to Um, me that damnation are going to win. But I do think they're going to get another chance at them. I don't think it's going to be over with this.
3: Well, I'll just go on the opposite and say I'm not sure, but I'll say they'll win the titles.
1: Wow. I, I'm I'm pretty torn on it, but I could see either way. It's like um, a toss-up. Yeah. And Seema and Stronghearts winning the titles would free up the other guys for the tournament and so it would be a little bit more intriguing about who's gonna win.
2: Yeah. Um so then we move on to the Iron Man Heavy Metalweight Championship, delayed entry, Joshi Battle Royal. So basically a rumble. Um, we have Yuki Ara- Yuki Arai, who is a uh, she's a legitimate idol. What is from one of the AKB groups? Which one is this? SKE forty
1: eight.
2: Yeah, SKE forty eight. So she, this title this title hasn't been around in a while, um, and you know, obviously it might come back here. But yeah, there's so the Joshi Battle Royal. So the other participants. Oh, and she's being trained by Makoto Oishi because again, he was an idol, so he likes idols. But yeah, so she's here. Saki Akai, Maki Ito, The Return of Cherry. She's been gone for all of two months, but she's here. Emi Sakura is here. Yuki Kamifuku and Mizuki. This could be really fun, actually. I'm pretty excited for this one.
1: It's going to be a blast, I think.
3: Yeah. I hope that the title comes back to ET because it's been gone for a while. It has been gone for a while, yes. I'm trying to look up or
2: right, because I'm curious how she, like, does their general election stuff. Um, but, yeah, so then we have Nobuhiro Shimatani versus El Lindemann, the battle of the tiny
1: dipshits. The match that Twitter had been asking for. Like, ever <laughs> since Strong Cards had shown up, everyone's like, you have to put these two guys together. So they did it. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, this is going to be really good.
2: I'm really, really excited. So I would Yuki- suggest
1: everyone go watch the press conference. It's on YouTube. Because all the strong cards guys couldn't stop laughing at Nobu. And yeah. then Indo couldn't stop laughing at Nobu. Nobody could stop laughing at him. Um, so I can tell you really
2: quickly about Yuki Arai. She's in the in the uh the, the SKB or the AKB Senbatsu or Senabatsu elections, which is like the this is what the DDT General is based off of, by the way, people. These idol elections they do every year. Um she's on she's on the way up. Because the eighth election she was eighty six, ninth election she was fifty eighth, and this year she was twenty eighth, so she's rising. Um, and she is actually the third member of Ske forty eight. Is listed on her on her fucking profile on stage forty eight. She's the third member of Ske, D D T Iron Man Heavy Metal White Champion. The other two being Kaori Matsumura and Suda. So there you go. Ida'll will be appearing on. Here in uh, in DDT, um, but yeah. So back to the card here, uh, the DDT Extreme Title, Harashima against Shinya Aoki. I can't fucking wait for this.
1: In a wrestling match.
2: In a wrestling match. I don't know. I have I no about? idea who's winning. <laughs> I hope it's Aoki. Why not?
1: Just fucking do it.
2: They've had wacky outsiders win this title before, Jun Kazai and stuff. I mean,
1: I thought Hiroshima was gonna win, and Aoki would just like go back to doing MMA stuff. But then they announced Aoki for the tournament. It's like he might actually win. Yeah, I think either way is fine. Yep, it's pretty crazy. I'm so excited for that match. Oh, more excited for that for that than anything that was on Peter Pan. Yeah. In um, the special tag match main event, another
2: huge match. Naomichi Marafuti and Kanosuke Takashita versus Daisuke Sasaki and Suji Ishikawa.
1: Um, I'm very excited for this too. It should be really good. Who do you think is going to take the pin? Or will they have a pin? Is it going to go to a draw? It might go to a draw. If not, maybe Takashita pins Sasaki to set up a title match? I don't know. I might go with Shuji pinning Takashita.
2: Yeah, that's possible too.
1: And I would like to see maybe like Takashita being so preoccupied with Sima. yeah, and wanting to beat him and do all that that maybe he just starts picking up losses, and yeah. he like, he won't rest until he beats his Osaka compatriot. Yeah.
2: Um. But yeah, this was uh this card looks really awesome. The only thing I'm upset about is that the show is not airing on Samurai because it's Maji. I have to watch it on Universe, which I find vast. If you
1: are up, I think the show starts at around ten thirty or eleven o'clock CST Central Time, because that's where I'm from, uh on Sunday night. So wait a second, no, no, no,
2: it's eleven thirty Japan time, I think. So that'd be ten. I it was...
1: I think it's on early enough that everyone can watch the show without it being like yeah. three o'clock in the morning for the most part, unless you're like in the UK. Yeah. So, so you, can, you should be able, able to watch it. live. Yeah. So,
2: very exciting. That's this Sunday on DT Universe.
1: And it should uh, be up fairly quickly. I don't think we're going to be seeing anybody's junk. <laughs>
2: that's true. <laughs> um, also, this before that, this Saturday, Tokyo Joshi Pro has a Shinkiba show which features Azusa, Azusa Takigawa's graduation memorial match. The former Azusa Christie, of course. And she will be saying goodbye to DET by taking on, like, 15 people. So, that's taking place this week. Um... Let's see what else is coming up here. Uh, The all doing show is which is, you know, the, the indie show we talked about. There's only two matches announced. Uh, Tiger Mash five self-proclaimed versus someone called Pero Pero Master, which uh, Jamie of dramatic DT had not had a lot of help, a lot of uh, luck looking up this person. And then we also have Aaron Takagi monster Halloween Onikin. I see Aaron Takagi Shinshiro, right? Or is that somebody else?
1: um is it i don't I know didn't, i didn't think
2: oh i know eric is it Takagi the girl
1: they announced one match with uh hyper missile
2: yeah maybe they just announced that but Takagi, monster halloween and anakin versus men's Teo, who's the uh the executive chairman of the all doing committee harashima and shota so there you go that's yeah the,
1: up. the girl she's from the same promotion as rising hayato if you've watched dna you've probably seen him before yeah, and they're from the same promotion, and she's facing uh, Hyper Masao in a singles match. But I, I don't remember her name. Sorry. Uh, there's some
2: Masao shows coming up on. Oh,
1: that's December eighth. Wow, that's
2: pretty far away already. I know there's a Gambare show coming up pretty soon. That like I remember seeing the main event for. It's like part of this Ishii thing being there, and It wasaki. But let's see. Oh, okay, there it is. It's October. That's this week actually. October twenty sixth. It's like two days from now. Um. And that has a main event of Ken Oka and Yumihito Imanari against KSK Ishii and Koki Iwasaki. So that one I definitely want to check out. At least I'm going to see the main event. So
1: the Gambari shows are pretty short. If anyone wants to check them out, they're not like yeah, yeah. they're shorter than anything else that you'll watch on Universe for the most part. Yeah. So that's only in a couple of days from now. Um, but yeah. So there you go,
2: folks. There's your look ahead at DDT. Some really cool stuff coming up. Uh, and then let's get into... Obviously, What, what do you know when the... the leak kicks off like November 30th or something, I think? Right? Yes. So, I assume we'll get the blocks sometime soon-ish. I
1: think they're announcing them at the Oricon show Sunday. Okay.
2: Yeah, makes sense. So, with that said, the only thing we have left to do then is get into the questions. So, let's see here. We did get a bunch of questions. Uh, we'll start out with... Um, at nerd x life how viable is an american expansion for ddt i don't know what do you guys think i mean Um, (laughs) i think if they want to come in here and run a show once a year maybe even just at maybe a weekend every year they could probably pull it off i would not advise doing a full-on like american expansion like new japan's trying well, knew- this is
1: I was gonna say this. I mean, how viable is New Japan's? I know it's I true. the last Long Beach show didn't do like really terrible. It wasn't in Long Beach. J- yeah, it did like three thousand. Yeah, I mean that's is- not terrible, but yeah. considering what New Japan want, it's not good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I just what would
3: be the? I don't know. I guess what what's the end goal? It seems like
1: I don't know. Yeah, do I mean, you, if your your end goal is to get more people to watch the Universe, I don't think you need. To do an American expansion, I think coming over for a couple of shows or at least one show a year, be it Mania weekend or maybe during SummerSlam or something, I think that's better than actually trying to run shows here. I think that's a, I think that's a bad idea for any company in Japan. Quite frankly, it's just logis- the logistics of it, the uh, language difference, monetarily. I just think it's a bad idea. That's it's et.
2: The one thing the, of the uh, flagship said last week when they talked about DDT that I can definitely agree with is they said, when they said DDT is very Japanese, that is definitely true. <laughs> it's very, I mean, that's why I love it, honestly, and it's one of the reasons why I love it. So
1: I'm not going to be out here saying, uh, I, you know, I don't know. You know, it's just... funny because it's very Japanese by the same time as much as we do the New Japan WWE jokes. There's no more comp. There's no company that's more like WWE than DDT is. Well, yeah, I mean they're a WWE parody in a lot of ways. Exactly. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's still a very Japanese
2: thing, though. And I don't know. I don't. I don't want them to like. If you look at what's happening in New Japan, you know, all the fucking, the watering down and the Westernization of the product this year. Like, I don't want that in DDT. Fuck that. Like, just no, so I can it. see them a few times a
3: year. Forget it. I, I just wonder, them. like. W- if they did it and they came here and it worked what 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 is the peak of the expansion that they get i i just think the the additional fan base in the united states is limited because i think the people who are would probably be into ddt the majority of them are probably already into it or have checked it out and have been like no not for me so I don't know that it's a thing where they're going to come here and it's going to be like New Japan where they say, "Ha, ah, here we are and we're running a 5,000-seat venue. Like yeah. they're coming here and they're probably running like they are Mania Weekend, places that are a couple hundred seat venues. And then what is really the benefit beyond saving the money of traveling – And somehow trying to convince these people to subscribe to universe, which I think is probably the better idea anyway, because then you're getting people's money without really have to spend any additional capital beyond maybe saying, Hey, we're translating videos into English.
2: Yeah. I mean, look, the,
3: the thing with
2: new, like new Japan, they can look at it and see, you know, even though I don't really like the way it's it's going, I understand why they look at everything in Japan and be like, well, we've grown as, as far as we can grow probably, in this market in, in japan right now with you know without like real like network tv or anything like this is probably it as far as we can get in, in japan so maybe we should look at america and try to expand that way and expand internationally i get their mindset ddt still has a lot of room to grow in japan i mean they want to run the dome you know they've been talking about that maybe in 2020 they're on a Bema now and they they have this a new more mainstream audience They want to, you know, they're doing a free show next year. They're, They're doing all this wacky stuff. I just feel like DDT has a lot more, you know, there's a lot more space for DDT to grow into in Japan. I don't really think they have any good reason to be looking overseas like New Japan is.
1: Yeah, I think they like having fans outside of Japan and they find it intriguing and interesting. But I don't think it's something that they're necessarily... I wouldn't say they're not looking really hard at it. I think they are looking hard at it but I don't think it's something that if they decide not to do, it's like such a huge disappointment for the company. Whereas I think if with new Japan were to decide to pull out of the States, it would look horrible on them at this point.
2: Yeah, I agree. Uh, at Travis Zick says, should I go to DT while in Japan for wrestle kingdom? Yes, you should. It's awesome.
3: I mean, I would advocate when you're in Japan and the, the main purpose of your trip is for wrestling I mean, I say go to as much wrestling as you can. Yes. I mean I that's mean, what I do. So how many how many shows did you do go to? <laughs> I think I did. you went to even you went to even more than I did. Actually, I think I went to thirteen in, in, in fourteen days or something. Like I think that. I,
2: okay, well not that many. I went to like a I think I went to twelve. So what the hell? Maybe the extra show. Did I go to anything you didn't go to? I don't even know. That's a good question.
3: But I'll work this out later. We went to a lot of shows. You must have gotten to more than thirteen. You, you went to the you went to the Noah and the DDT Beer Garden shows.
2: Oh yeah, before you got there. Okay. Yep. But yeah, because you went to a couple things I didn't go to.
3: So. But yeah, and I say even if you don't, if you go to Japan and you don't know the promotions, I mean, seeing wrestling live is exciting. So even if you know no one, you're gonna come away saying, I mean, I went to a Heat Up show in when I was in Japan, and I had seen like maybe four matches from Heat Up. And I had a great time. It was a fun show. So, I mean, the harm in going is you're going to be out maybe 40 bucks that you spent on a show that maybe you don't love, but you're on vacation. And part of being on vacation is you may spend money on things that you don't love, but, you know.
2: Yeah. Um, At DMP Smith (laughs) says, how did Jesse manage not to see Dino's dick and balls?
1: I'm telling you, I, I felt myself about to pass out during that match. <laughs> you already did kind of answer this, actually, yes. I was um, so nervous. I yeah. was, like, beating my pillow up. I'm like, don't tap out. Oh, my God. don't Check out. Oh, I was losing <laughs> my mind. So
2: the answer is you were too distracted. Yes.
1: Uh, and now, <laughs> I would say if, if Sasaki's had been out, I probably would have, like, went back and, you know, or tried to find it, maybe. Yeah. Although he has a nice butt, so I'm pretty good with that. <laughs> I've seen that already. At Blueberry Cave, should Goto go to all
2: Japan? Not sure what that to do to D T buddy, but sure. Um I mean should he? No. I assume he likes money. Um do I do I want what I love it if he did? yeah. I mean those matches would be incredible, but like should he should Hiroki Goto, for his own health and well being, go like take a giant pay cut just because i would enjoy his matches more no he shouldn't do that actually so like i don't know i feel like these people there's like a lot of people on WWE. i want to see leave too but like if you're asking me like should they do it i'm like well they probably like money so no they probably shouldn't i
3: don't know <laughs>
0: uh,
3: yeah that's a good answer <laughs> it's like I'm so not in that, you know, we've been talking about DDT now for two hours, so I'm totally not
1: in that mindset of, you know. I
0: mean,
1: and run his family's energy company because he's rich already. He has, like, an elevator in his house. Oh,
2: that's a good point. I totally forgot he's rich. You know what? Then, yes, he should leave. He doesn't need the money. He
1: he should retire and Koto Ibushi should retire and they should make, like, a big, giant trust fund baby thing. (laughs) Make, like, a money mark promotion out of it
2: if i won the mega millions baby i was making the the most ridiculous wrestling promotion it's just the sickest shit
1: i think we could all confirm we didn't win the mega millions yeah there
2: was some guy in south <laughs> carolina so confirmed good to him good for him um A A E O underscore what's the
1: deal with keisuke ishii leaving i just don't think there's anything for him to do in ddt i mean what is he gonna do he They're hasn't been trying- doing much to begin with
2: I mean it's the same thing as Iwasaki. They're just trying to, they're trying to give that brand some juice, I guess, and like. Some and better- then by
1: them leaving, they can go out and work other stuff besides DDT. I mean, we've seen Iwasaki's been showing up in Noah. Yeah, he won a title in Real Japan.
2: Because like the obviously the Gambari schedule is like once a month, so yeah, they yeah, obviously you have a lot more time to do other promotions.
3: And Ishii had good stuff in all Japan, so hopefully he does show up back there he yeah, has like a
1: crazy memory for all japan stuff too yeah that was um, like always one of the tidbits they had on manji manji it was like ishii did you know did it happened in all japan in <laughs> <and> this year
2: <laughs> um kevin at duraki noi we, we shouted out earlier and we forgot to mention this so we might as well i'm, I'm gonna put it as the opening if you could sing any karaoke song with shuji what would you sing um so obviously shuji's cow at the end of the show um, you know, we were so excited about Dino's penis, apparently, I forgot to mention this, like, shows up on the, just do, singing the friggin' uh, Into the Light a DDT end credits song, and, like, has, like, the, like, does, like, a big thing with his fingers, and, like, has the the pyro explode, and, yeah, that was, like, so great. I rewound that, like, four times, just the sound of him starting to sing, and the look on Daisuke Sasaki's face, like, a mix of confusion and, like, disgust. I don't know <laughs> I don't I think, think he did. That. I mean when they did when they went post match and Saki like complained about it. He was like, Who the hell did that? And, and Endo
3: it totally ruined everything. And Endo was like, It must have been Shimitani. <laughs> so um, Well and Shimitani stayed in the ring and the last shot was him <laughs> sitting on the cat ring room. as the video was playing. Yeah.
2: Uh, and then, did you guys see the alternate version on, on Twitter? Yes. They are like, don't worry. We're, we're gonna, we are have to show that this is real. So we did record an alternate version of the end credits in case uh, Dino won. And it's Musa Sakai singing with Imanari. <laughs> <laughs> and someone replied to it just like, too cruel.
3: <laughs> it
2: was like, oh, that was so great. I love DDT. But yes, yeah, so if I could sing any karaoke song with Shuji, I don't. I really want to sing, like, bad communication with him. Ken Okasin's
1: song. That'd be so much fun, I think. I want to hear him try to sing Take on Me. <laughs> <laughs> I and I would pick. Set of, uh... Uh...
3: <laughs> oh, I would pick uh, More Than Words by Extreme. <laughs>
2: okay. Um, so, Epitasis, uh, you know, that's Nate, our boy. Gorgeous Matsuno, why? I guess he's looking. Why for- not? <laughs>
1: <laughs> because it's Takashita. When are people going to wise up? It's his future. No, he is. I think they're the same person. Yeah. But, I mean, it's crazy how they look alike to me.
2: It is, they look really alike. Um, at Chono's underscore jacket, what, what? which ice cream flavor would you eat if you got to eat ice cream at Shuji? I don't know. Shuji, I bet you he likes the green tea ice cream, which I like too. So I would enjoy that. No, I
1: probably would...
2: just vanilla. I'm right so i love love the green tea ice cream it's so good
3: yeah i would pick vanilla too but only because then i could focus on talking with him i feel (laughs) like if you had a like a really flavorful ice cream you would get to you'd be like oh the ice cream's really good but if you eat vanilla you're eating ice cream but you don't really have to focus on the flavor of it so you could really focus on suji um let's see
2: oysters earrings just what is it that makes mouse so different so appealing there's like a reference to something because he capitalizes every word, but I don't know what he, I don't know what the, refer- what the reference is to. So, sorry, buddy. Anyone He's have any? Cute. He's very he is very adorable. That's true.
1: His lisp is adorable. He speaks yeah. with a little lisp. Uh, oh, I, I don't know. know. I think he just <laughs> blows out of his way to. <laughs> uh, some people just have this the it factor. It's like Bobby Roode, you know. Uh, yeah. And there's just. Except, something.
2: Except, they, except they actually have it. Well,
1: yeah. But <laughs> there's just something about Mao. You know, everyone says it, but he's like the spiritual successor of Kodo Ibushi in this company.
2: Yeah.
1: And that's like something that's been missing since Ibushi's been gone. And now you have this kid. Although he's a little bit different, he has a little bit different style. Uh, He's a little bit more metal. Yeah. I don't know if people know this, but he was like in a metal band for a while.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I. Nice. I figured that's why they do that thing with where he'd always like do the screaming. On the I do, yeah. I mean,
1: he, he, I think, like him and Sasaki, pretty much listen to the same kind of music. Although, if you would kind of watch them, and you'd be like, they listen to the same sort of stuff. Like what? Yeah. It, it doesn't strike you that much with Mao, but and he always looks like he's having fun. I think that's yeah. a big. thing. He never looks sort of miserable, and I think. I think for English fans, he tries really hard Like when people reply to them. He says, I don't speak in English or I don't speak German or anything. But he always tries to communicate with people. I think he's really excited that people overseas enjoy him. And I think he's going to be a big breakout star at the Mania shows. I think more than anybody. I think Mao is going to be somebody that people walk away from the shows talking about.
2: Um, I guess we might as well just do the next Ma- the other Mal question with this. Arum, room, who's been on this show before, will Mao ever do a death match in the future? I mean, That's... maybe <laughs> it wouldn't. Sur- like, would it surprise you? It would not surprise me.
3: It wouldn't surprise me, but he has such nice skin <laughs> that you. Yeah. I don't know if you want to like ruin it,
2: yeah. right? I mean, they don't really
1: do. Death matches in DDT. It's like hardcore matches. Yeah, but
3: he could go out. He could
2: show. Oh, but
1: I thought the implication was he would go out and do like an actual death. Match. I could see him doing like a bump, uh, like during the New Year's Tag Tournament when Indo and Takashido were still together. They had a match against I think Ito and Jackie, and Ito like fucked Indo up and mm-hmm. bladed him and everything. Like Indo was just like blushing. Bursting with blood everywhere, so I can definitely see Mal like doing a spot like that. Yeah, but um, like light tubes and stuff, I don't know about that. <laughs>
2: uh, at Hoho Waza, do you think Tokyo Joshi Pro can be on a par with Stardom in the future? Um,
3: I I don't know. This is really like what does that mean? Aren't they sort of what what do they draw, at Korokin? Don't they
1: started, draw fairly they, well?
3: They, yeah, they draw about the same as I think they draw.
2: I think Tokyo just Pro might draw more Corrigan now. They run I mean, less shows, though. Yeah, they do run less shows. It's worth pointing out. Tokyo Justice Pro runs, like, what, two Corrigans a year, I guess? Maybe three? I think it's two. I think it's January and the summer. But, like, their the last one drew... Let me see if I can find this.
1: I don't know if Stardom's drawn more than either one of the Corrigans. Yeah, I mean, had this year. usually Stardom draws, like, 800. So I'm just trying to see real quick. They did like a thousand for each of them, I know that
2: much. Yeah, I mean I'm pretty sure they did pretty well. So Oh no, they're running their third Korka on October oh wait no, that's much. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know when it, if they're running another until January fourth. Probably not. But uh yeah. Anyway. I mean, <laughs> I
3: mean I don't know what the plan is, but if they bring the Tokyo Joshi people over to Mania Weekend, that would certainly yeah. Probably well,
1: gonna DDT. a good Tokyo Joshi, Bosara, and gonbari. Yes. So I would Brilliant. expect we see people from everyone. Yes, everyone which coming. Is, which is real.
2: Ken Oka needs to come and m Yamashita needs to come. Um she also asked how long before Maki Ito becomes the ace of Tokyo Joshi Pro? Uh I don't I don't think she needs to be the ace is the thing. I think she's you know, we talked about this earlier. I think she's in her role and she doesn't need a title or anything. She's just very popular.
1: I would have said this if Sasaki didn't win the belt. He's not someone that needs to have the title to have a huge impact on the company. Yeah. And I feel the same about Ito. She doesn't need the title. It's kind of like Saki, too. Saki's not someone that needs to have the title in Tokyo Joshi. It, the title should be more about presenting some of the other girls that aren't as quite as well-known or aren't as quite as charismatic, in my opinion. I agree. And I will have to say this as much as I like Maki Ito and everything, I always I think in the back of my mind, like, how long is she going to wrestle? Oh, that's definitely
2: true. It could be a temporary thing. Uh, Liam D. McCann, this is a, the last question. Outside of Mao, who is going to be a megastar, who is the DNA prospect with the most potential currently? Um, I think it's Umeda, right? And that's that's my pick.
1: I mean, yeah. He just I mean, we're talking stay healthy. DNA.
2: X-DNA, obviously. But yeah, Ume- I think Umeda. That's my pick. I, I like don't really party.
1: include gucci in the list. I think gucci's kind of made it. Yeah, I agree. So we'll be talking about, there's not many that left. There's Nobu, Umeda, Watase, Eno, and uh, Ueno. Maybe Ueno, too, I would say.
2: Yeah, Ueno's a good pick, too. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Umeda. I think that's... Yeah, I think that's
3: a good – Ueno or Umeda, they had that great – they had that good run with the six-man titles earlier this year um, that I really enjoyed. So I think think it's one of those two is probably a good pick.
2: All right, folks. So that will do it for our DT Peter Pan episode. Thank you, as always, to our leaders of the Omikaze guest appearances here. Taylor and Jesse for coming on. Um I'm sure we'll see you two again maybe during the year in review series. Uh we'll see.
3: Um why don't you plug something? Taylor,
2: plug your Twitter or whatever else you want to plug.
3: Uh my Twitter's uh TayMambo T A M A I M B O and uh check me out there and I write uh occasional things for Voices of Wrestling. So check out voicesofwrestling.com. You usually you're usually on there with me. Um you know Usually on the previews
2: with me a lot, so both pre- roundtable preview people and Jesse want to plug your Twitter. I know you're always shov at the bit to plug your Twitter.
1: Uh, I guess you can follow me if you don't have me blocked already at a uh, Koji on Twitter K zero J with three eyes. And check me out there and uh, follow Dramatic GDT English on Twitter. If you're a native Spanish speaker. There's someone out there putting out translations and talking about every kind of DDT promotion under the sun in Spanish. So they have that going on too. Uh, Check that account out as well. Yeah.
2: Hell yeah. All right, and don't forget, folks, you can follow us on Twitter at WrestleOmakase. Not wrestling. Wrestling would not fit. And we'll be back next week. So, I was waiting for him to announce this. I told him he could do it, and he just either forgot or doesn't care. But oak gan uh jake he won the champions draft he got to pick any kind of show he wants and he's taking he's taking his uh his show pick next week so next week i'm wrestling omakase oak gan with his choice of guests uh both the errands from everything evolves we're making their omakase debut at oak Gan's request and we're all going to be reviewing FIP Everything Burns. <laughs> <laughs> that is Okean okay Pick. Oh my we're God. Gonna, we're going to talk Everything Burns next week on Omakase. I've never seen this show, I've never seen a single second of FIP. Oh boy. <laughs> I've
0: even I'm gonna, thinking of that. You
2: are in for a treat. Yeah, I've heard some things. So I'll be checking that out. And we'll be talking next week about Everything Burns. So look forward to that. But folks, Thank you as always for listening, and we will see you next time. Goodbye.
0: Oh,